0: Welcome back to Ladies with Gumption episode 144 Beginner's Luck. I am May and I'm here with
1: Jessica and Tatiana.
0: As always, you can find us over on the Twitter at DCTV Gumption. Uh, for those new followers, thank you very much. We appreciate you because it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on Tumblr at ladieswgumption.tumblr.com, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify amazon stitcher wherever you listen to podcasts we are probably available and if not please let us know and we will add ourselves um and of course if you are a patron thank you so very much as always for your support we deeply greatly appreciate it if you're not a patron um i hope that i can implore you to join if you have the means to because we discuss a lot of cool stuff that we do not discuss obviously on the dctv Regular podcasts. We have like The Witcher. We did Bridgerton, Mandalorian. We're gonna do Shadow and Bone this week. Uh, last week we did um, the two Soldier. weeks. Yeah, two weeks ago we did Falcon the Winter Soldier, um, Godzilla versus Kong. So all that, you know, if you want our juicy we're thoughts eclectic. on those things, yes, we're very eclectic, <laughs> and we take <laughs> quests, So, <laughs> um, and you can, if you do want to sign up, it's at patreoncom slash gumption. And over in the news, we have some fun stuff like. Regina King is now set to direct Bitter Root, which is a comic about a family of once great monster hunters who face evil in New York City, which sounds very fun. Um, I'm really happy for her because I think that she she did One Night in Miami, which was her feature directorial debut, and she did a great job with that. So I'm really excited for her to do this as well. Um, And then, of course, Carlos's last episode has been confirmed to be goodbye vibrations which we all suspected yes Yes. we did but it's still
1: very sad (laughs) yes it is um so yeah thoughts i mean i'm glad it seems like he's gonna have like a happy looking forward to the future ending with Camilla and that we got Camilla back for that (laughs) because it would be really annoying if he went off to be with the girl on the phone that we can't see. (laughs) Um, And as for Regina King, I'm very excited for her, not just that she has directing experience now with um, One Night in Miami, which went very well for her, but also, you know, she has some superhero experience having been in Watchmen and now she can apply that to her take on Bitterroot.
2: Yeah, and it's it's really cool, like, um, just looking at the the article right up for it, and the comic that it's based on is, like, a, a Black family that, of monster hunters, which, I mean, you don't necessarily see that a lot in um, any kind of representation, so to be able to see that go from comic to screen, I think, will be really, really cool, um, so I'm excited for, for her and for that franchise to start, um, mm-hmm. and then with Carlos, like, You know, I, for Cisco, I I think it would be nice if it was just something more than I'm leaving to go to San Francisco, like we had in season what, two, where he, or no, it was season three, that alternate timeline where he was like a a tech empire or whatever. It'd be nice if if that kind of, you know, pushed along his decision to retire from Team Flash, but, you know, it could still be in the episode, we'll see, but. Hopefully there's there's like a promise continuation of a story there and not him just like leaving just because. <laughs> so Right.
1: Yeah. I had go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say we'll talk about it in the episode. So I'll just say like I had a thought for where it was going and then mm-hmm. it didn't Did really go no, that right. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because I was gonna say that it's I guess because it's gonna be a couple episodes from now. Um and that Like, I guess I had hoped for a better lead-up to it. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, now I guess we know why they they announced it so early, um, which makes sense because he's not going to stay till the finale. And it's it's just sad because there was so much potential there, and it was wasted. And even this season, it's like nine-ish episodes in and they decided like instead of a killer frost heavy two-parter we could have had a Cisco-focused, yeah, we could have had cisco focused you know episode. That. Mm-hmm. exactly so i don't know sad times but that is all in the news very news light this week uh and it's great because like, we've got like five shows so
2: <laughs> yeah like a, a little plug or shout out i was on the flash podcast um this week for this week's episode so if you also
0: like that you can hear more of my flash, double the flash <laughs> double the flash double the fun <laughs> indeed so you can go find that in the flash podcast it's available on it's the link is on twitter um for those of you who want to listen to more of jessica's lovely voice and well, our I format
1: flash podcast that's every true week. every week yeah.
0: <laughs> In case. and i was out on it one time about the iris west funko pop so if you want to mm-hmm. listen to us like Trash Funko, then by all means. (laughs) (laughs) For this week's format, of course, we have joy, no joy, and feedback from all of you lovely people. Um, And of course, Lady with Gumption of the Week to lead us forth into the five episode, probably three hour (laughs) podcast will be Tatiana.
1: (laughs) I'm telling you right now, Legends is going to be like really short. (laughs) Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So, side A, Massacre on Main Street, spoiler alert, and accounts payable starting with Legends of Tomorrow. The legends track an alien to San Bernardino, California in 1955, right before the death of the entire town. At Big Bang Burger, which sounds strangely familiar, Mick learns from a police car radio about attacks at places with lots of meat and then promptly disappears from the rest of the episode. Nate, Zari, and Behrad get jobs at Big Bang Burger, Um, where Zari asks Bayrod if she can use the air totem. But Bayrod gets all patriarchal and claims the totem chose him. So while they are learning the meaning of sharing over the course of the episode, and eventually neither of them wants to hog the totem anymore, Zari 1.0 just gets so fed up with them that she, like, doubles the totem for double the fun. It's like a reverse Solomon's baby. She cuts it in half. They both get a totem. Everyone wins. Yay! Uh, Meanwhile, back to the restaurant and the meat-eating people. It turns out that it's a secret sauce that is causing people to go to Berserk. And that secret sauce was supposedly made by the owner's wife, Rhonda. But not really. Actually, it's made from the alien cocoon in her attic that is dripping sauce. It accidentally drips sauce down to her husband's plate. He ate it. He thought it was so amazing that she was like, let me serve alien goo to this whole town to save my my company and my marriage. But unfortunately, the alien eats her. And, like, flies off. Uh, so Spooner has to save the day. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Spooner and, and Ava spend the whole episode kind of, like, antagonizing each other. Because Spooner doesn't want to be here, since there's <laughs> nothing in her head that can be removed to stop feeling the aliens. But Ava is like, no, I will hold you hostage. As a human, I'm a human invader. <laughs> holding you hostage <laughs> until you you save my girlfriend Sarah from the alien invaders. And Spooner is, meanwhile, paranoid and thinking everyone is an alien, so it's a little bit awkward times. But in the end, they, you know, get to know each other better, and Spooner's like, okay, I will be here to help. Um, and also, the, the I'm an of official legends and, you know, the Wade Rider can be my new home for now, for now. Anyway, finally, uh, Sarah and, oh, wait, 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 waitress Sally Sledge, right, she takes over Big Bang Burger, and she turns it into... Big Belly Burger. Yay, Sally Sledge. Thank you Support for Big Black Belly Business. business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, Sarah and Gary land on the home planet of the space lord that Gary is employed by. And there's a dog there. And the dog leads into Amelia Earhart, who's like, I woke up here after disappearing. And this is where I went. I was kidnapped by aliens. And they're like, oh my god, that's so cool. But then... Earhart's like crazy and turns out she's like an alien. She attacks Sarah and Gary and then they are, they escape, but then they're like surrounded by just lights and I guess more aliens, our alien overlords. And that's what you missed on Glee. So, what brought joy?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not really joy, but your recap just like turned my stomach again. It's like, oh, oh so God.
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, there wasn't too much to love about this episode, but I did like, um, like, we got introduced to Spooner last week, and um, I liked her character, but this time I really got more of, like, her gumption, which was really great, and I think that she is, she has a lot of gumption, and I love the fact that she obviously knows that she's being kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) You know, tells Ava this, even though... The, that other point will be in the next section, um, but the fact that she's just so She went from like being someone who's like, I can't believe I'm here. You know, you guys kidnapped me I don't know what I'm doing. I really want to Be away from the aliens because this is also like messing with her mind So I really felt sympathetic for her in this episode specifically um, and I'm glad that her decision to join the the legends on the wave rider was like obviously her choice and something that she feels like she could help out with and not just because she's forced into something and that she was able to open up emotionally to Ava. I I like that scene a lot because they were butting heads the whole episode and that, you know, it's not cool. (laughs) So I'm glad that she got to have some sense of not closure, but just like a a way to open up uh, with her new teammates that she's going to, you know, become a family with as everyone does on the ship. (laughs) Um, Of course, like the Tarazi siblings, always amazing. And I like the fact that, you know, even though we didn't really get that much of them, we did have them the whole argument about what happened to the totem and them arguing over it was really stupid. They could have shared. But, you know, finally, they have they don't have to share anymore. They can just have each of the totems themselves. So they don't have to argue. And that also makes it interesting because Zari feels like more of a part of the ship as well, because last season was about her finding herself in a lot of ways and kind of finding her place on the ship and now it's finding her place with her powers sort of moving forward which is really nice um (laughs) the big belly burger stuff was interesting i was like oh so this is how we get big belly burger i see now
2: (laughs) i even tweeted i think i live tweeted like i i i hope that this is not any connection to big belly burger and then it turns out it was (laughs) I was like well
0: and, yeah, I, yeah. I the only that. thing I'll say is like it's nice that you know we learned how it exists I guess and now the fact that this one place that everyone in the Arrowverse goes to has been around for so long and it's you know man, it's owned by a black woman which is amazing <laughs> um, and also just like <laughs> That you know, Legends continues remembering Arrowverse stuff to throw in there and make it a part of the larger continuity in a bigger way, which is always really cool. Um, and Amelia Earhart was really unexpected, but I liked A, the actress who played her, I think she re- did a really good job. B, it was interesting, but like, oh my god, Amelia Earhart disappeared because she was kidnapped by aliens, <laughs> and also, like, um, wh- uh, what is her face? Sarah. Sarah. Yes. (laughs) See, (laughs) off planet, out of mind. (laughs) But the fact that like she sort she sort of knew like what was happening with Amelia Earhart, but not really. But also the fact that I don't like the fact that she was bitten. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think that it was probably like the most intense part of like her scenes with Gary and Amelia Earhart were the most intense scenes of the episode that were actually the more intriguing than what was happening at Big Belly Burger. Um, because... Big Bang Burger. Big Bang Burger. Don't... don't. Big Belly I know. <laughs> <heart>. <laughs> don't disgrace Big belly Burger. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, you know, kidnapped Sarah. You're like, okay, well, she crashed landed on this planet. What, what are they going to do with her now, you know? And this sort of changes her story moving forward because the rescue will be all, you know... They'll want to rescue her more, and she'll have to figure out herself, in a way, uh, which is really interesting, because, like, who is she? She's off-planet now. She doesn't have her crew is she going to become a monster? So I think that that's going to be an interesting storyline for her moving forward.
2: I I think, yeah, I think that the Sarah storyline was the most interesting part of the episode because the other part was just like really just turned me off. (laughs) 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 And I think like what is, because I don't think it it adds any, you know, heightened, you know, what do you call it? (sighs) Damn it. Words, English vocabulary,
1: but they're not like sensibility,
2: not like tension, but like it's not a heightened priority for the legends Uh, because they don't know that she was bitten, right? But it does add heightened pressure to the situation uh, for the audience because you know, how is she going to avoid the same fate as Amelia and find her way back home? And the only person that she has to rely on is Gary, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's not gonna go very well. Um, so, I mean, it it's puts a lot of um, heightened pressure on her storyline um, that the other legends don't even know about, aside from the fact that she's just stranded in space, you know, prey to some alien space lord somewhere. So I think that's really interesting. I thought the Amelia Earhart guest character through history was also um, very interesting because it's like... I don't want to say plausible, but I mean, like, Amelia Earhart did disappear. She's like, oh, okay, that's where she went. So it kind of, like, flows. Um, And I thought it was, like, an interesting twist. Although I feel like if Sarah was suspicious, because I know she was suspicious of Amelia, you know, being out here by herself for all this time, why eat the food? Why, like... (laughs) You know obviously she'd want to go
0: home like why about would disgusting she... food this episode
2: right like if she told you to just stay for dinner first and be like no we have to go <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i think she should question whether the dog was an alien like you see gary who you thought was a human is an alien i think there should be questions sarah needs to be more skeptical about all of her surroundings going from now on um and then the only thing I really liked on the other side was just Spooner and uh, her addition to the show. I agree with you that she showed like a lot of gumption in a situation that she should have had to be in, um, especially with Ava, you know, trying to boss her around and, and you know, being that authoritative kind of position towards Spooner um, but I like that Spooner showed a lot of grit. I like And I like the conversation that she had with Ava afterwards about getting more of her backstory. Um, and she's not just, you know, because she's not just some like crazy person that thinks that she was abducted by aliens, but there's nothing in her head, blah, 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 blah. It's all in her mind. There is something that's actually there. We don't know what it is yet. We don't know why she can understand aliens and feel the way that she feels. But the fact that it was also tied to her mom. So there's a lot of pain there as well. And so I think, like, I agree with you that I like that it was her choice to stay on the ship. And I um, also feel like, because for her, she kind of gained something and being able to shoot daily. Because this is the first time she's actually been able to confront her trauma face-to-face and being allowed to shoot it. And she's like, yes, this <laughs> this is a coping mechanism I can get behind. <laughs> so I like that. And she's, she's a good person at heart because even though she didn't want to be there, Um, And she doesn't care about all these people. Uh, The fact that, you know, Sarah, someone she doesn't even know, is still out there. And there's a a way that she can help her. Like, in spite of herself, she's still helping the legends, even though she doesn't want to be there. So there's a good person under there. And then you get her backstory. um, And then she gets a way to kind of heal herself through fighting and shooting all these other aliens. So um, I think that she's really, really fun. And um, I'm glad that she's on the cast. Um, and yeah, Big Belly Burger, only, only thing, like, it just grosses me out, <laughs> the origin story. But the founder is a black woman, so like, I support black business.
0: <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that's that. That's, like, the
1: most important part Yes, <laughs> He's like, I will pay
0: for it, but do I have
1: to eat it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it was really gross. Ugh, right, carry on.
1: <laughs> okay, so... Um, I will say that my favorite part of it was the Tarazi part of it. I did really like uh, the sibling uh, rivalry and then them getting to understand where each other was coming from. Or at least Zari understanding where Beirut was coming from and Beirut getting to see that Zari really can use her powers and that her powers, you know, it is good for her to have her powers. Um, So I thought it was really sweet when at the end they were, like, bickering at, like bickering about the no, opposite but who shouldn't have it exactly yeah like oh no no it's okay i'll I, I don't need it i'll just be a manager or whatever i'll take a managerial position that was really cute and then you know getting to see a little snippet of zari 1.0 being like please just take it uh was cute although then it makes me wonder why we don't get more zari 1.0 like if, and it also makes me feel bad because i'm like zari 1.0 is just sitting there listening to them i'll suck but that's not a joy so i'll stop talking about that anyway back to them super cute Love them, and I'm glad that we get to see them really bonding. Um, I also really like just min- like a minuscule thing, but the callback to Ava's podcast, right? When they- she was saying, like, oh, I would yeah. rename it for the, I would rename Massacre <laughs> Street. I remember what she said like Slaughterhouse, Slaughter, Slaughter <laughs> Street, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what she said. Know. It was something about Slaughterhouse because it's the meat, right? Um, and then they're like, we'll save it for your podcast. And I was like, oh, that's you. <laughs> um, but anyway, I really did like the Spooner side of it, though, like you guys already said. Uh, it was really nice and realistic how they paired her genuine trauma, right? It's understandable why she has this trauma. This really did happen to her. We know it did. And yet at the same time because of that she's like overly paranoid and obviously it would come off as very aggressive and or very unfriendly, but it's very like <laughs> understandable that she feels that way. So I felt, um, I, I really like getting to see that like starting point for her. Cause obviously by the end of it, I'm sure we're going to see her, you know, welcoming the legends as her family and like getting over her trauma with the aliens and using whatever is in there to stop them like blah, 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 before she's finally free of them once and for all. You know, I'm very excited for that journey, basically. Whew, um, What else? I, I mean, I did like Sarah and Gary finding Amelia Earhart. I did think that it was, it's like a fun idea, right? Oh my God, Amelia Earhart was, like you guys said, abducted by aliens. And that's why she disappeared out of the sky, right? The aliens came in the sky and they saw her. And if it's all this thing about we want the most powerful humans or whatever, than a human who was flying, right? Or the first human, whatever, you know, the mm-hmm. first one they saw was like it makes sense. They'd be like, Yeah, obviously, that's a powerful lady. She knows what's up. So <laughs> they just And it around. feels like at this point all of
2: their powerful people are women.
1: Right. Like Spartacus
2: well, was just a snack.
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Spartacus. But yeah. So that is that it's you know, I you know the legends will say something about that. I'm sure I'm sure they'll do something with that. So yes. That is fun. And yes, I will echo what everyone has already said. Yay for Black-owned businesses. (laughs) (laughs) Big Belly Burger origin story. I do think it's fun how they incorporate little things like that that no one would really think about or, like, you know, care about until they mention it. And it's like a really fun fact. But what did not spark joy? Well, I forgot to
0: mention what did spark joy was the constant, like, almost drop Name drops to uh McDonald's, and they're like, Those Mc Brothers, (laughs) that That was hilarious. (laughs) But as to what didn't spark joy, I mean, this episode was just kind of gross. (laughs) Well, yes, it was very gross, uh, like over the top gross, and not in a way that did anything for the episode itself. Um, it was also kind of like, I was bored. I kept, like, looking down around my phone. I'm usually very engaged with the Legends episode. Um, such was not the case here. I think the pacing was really off between, like, flipping between the Sarah scenes and then the burger scenes and then the house scenes with the, with the wife. Um, it, yeah, it just felt, like, really off. And I don't know why they paired... Zari and Nate up or sorry Zari and Behrad up with Nate because I don't feel like that dynamic did anything this episode at all Um, like I understand why they did that for the you know TV episode last season but this one I was like I don't know I forgot Nate was sort of there (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. to be
0: honest and he didn't because the Arguments were happening between the siblings, so I was and like, "He didn't he's support just,
1: that at he all. He didn't
0: support that at all. He didn't have anything crucial to say, important, whatever. It was just he was just sort of there. And then after a while, you sort of forgot that he was there. Mick up and disappears, <laughs> not even midway through the episode. And you know, guys get a check for no reason. <laughs> he's just sort of there, hanging out. Um. So it's just weird because they don't explain it in the episodes. Like, oh, where did Mick go? No one, no one asks. Um, and the whole like creepy i don't know putting the the alien in the sauce like what why I, it just made the episode Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it didn't, it didn't really like there was no there was no build up it was just sort of all happening and none of it was super entertaining in in yeah. a lot of ways so it was kind of disappointing especially since this, this is the second episode and um ava also was, you know, an issue <laughs> because she does get very like, oh, this new person is here and I have to be a hard ass, um, and then mistreat them and force Spooner to do things she obviously didn't want to do. Like, how does this make you better than the aliens, ma'am? Like, get your shit together, and also, like, this she, whenever she gets like this, it becomes. Like her actions take a very selfish turn and I never liked that about her. So I mm-hmm. think she she always needs to ease up in general. Like I like the fact that, you know, they made up at the end, but I don't think that she needed to like she didn't need to treat Spooner like this the whole episode. She should have let her have her free will without thinking that like she needs to help him because Sarah's in trouble. It's like, well, Spooner's not indebted to you in any way. So she doesn't need to be here. Um, so I wish she just like stopped thinking only about herself in the situation
2: yeah that's exactly it and it, she does this all the time so it's like a character flaw and it's you know that thing that she always does with like new people people that she doesn't know that are introduced it's always like she does a thing where she makes me intensely like not like her <laughs> until she remembers that oh these are people and they have feelings you know because i thought she was really condescending and arrogant towards spooner for someone that like literally kidnapped spooner You literally kidnapped her, and now you're holding her hostage because she doesn't care about your girlfriend. She doesn't know your girlfriend, Ava. Like, why would she care about it? You'd Like, the deal was she helped you on this one thing, and then you help her, and then you're done. And Spooner kept up her side of the deal in episode one. And so once Gideon couldn't find anything implanted in her head to take out, that's the end of the deal. You've gone as far as you can go down that road, so you either make another deal— or you let her go. And I feel like Spooner should have been allowed to go home. And the conversation that they had at the end was a great conversation. And, but it's something that sh- should have been happening, like, I think earlier. Like, I get like the whole narrative idea of the episode was for them to go through this to get to that point at the end. But it just makes Ava look like an asshole. Um, and she always looks like an asshole when she first meets people. <laughs> and I just don't like that, like you said, like she gets really selfish and she can't think outside of Sarah. Or the people that she likes. Um, She still doesn't even like Astra at this point. Because Astra is still technically like a new person. So it just... You know... If it was... uh, And honestly, if it's like Loki... Any of the other Legends versus Sarah... Like she's going to drop other Legends for Sarah. You know, basically. Um, But it's just like one of the less appealing parts of Ava's personality that reminds me of the first season that she was introduced. And I was like, I just do not want to go here with her and Sarah at all. Um, Just, I don't like that part of her personality. Um, I just overall struggled with this episode. I agree that it was boring. I was in charge of live tweeting it and it was just like a struggle. (laughs) I wasn't even impressed from the trailer for this episode. You know, it's like, Mm. this is going to be like difficult. It was just gross. And it felt very campy, but not in an interesting way um, you have a white woman that's, like, knowingly serving alien juice to people in the neighborhood. It reminds me of, like, you ever seen, like, those 1950s, like, catalogs, like, recipes, (laughs) and there's, like, (laughs) or spam, like, spam, (laughs) jello, casserole, jellied potato filling. I'm, like, I'm, like, almost throwing up just thinking about all (laughs) this. It's just, like, nasty shit. Um, gross. Um, and Unpopular opinion among the ladies, but I did not like <laughs> the Tarazi storyline either. Uh, Betrayal. No, I did. I mean, I just I was very sad for Z having to be stuck on like the himbo team, <laughs> while well, Constantine is in like varsity. She's like over here with like <laughs> himbo one and himbo two. Um, I I don't I don't you know. We spent all last season getting to know Z and getting to know, like, her motivation. We don't know if they had as in-depth. Um, and it just feels like, I don't know when this happened. Was he always, like, a stoner? Because I feel like that's becoming his main personality trait.
0: I don't think so. Okay. I don't recall I him much being
1: less so when he was introduced. Yeah, I feel like I mean, it yeah. got like it it's, like it's became becoming a little like bit a, more like of that.
2: A, yes. <laughs> it's becoming like a caricature, um, and I don't really know because I, so I can't really say like this is even a good conversation of who should have the totem because like <laughs> I'm not even really connected to Behrad and why he joined the ship in the first place and what his story is and what his journey is and I feel like you know part of that is just because of the situation that we got introduced to him. He had been on there for longer than we knew about. So we never really got introduced in how he got on the ship. But I just feel like at this point, we've gotten so much of Z's perspective and her story and her being new and on the ship. Um, I think he needs a storyline. I feel like he's been stunted. And so I don't really care as much about his feelings about the totem. <laughs> so I didn't really care. <laughs>
1: storyline. <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess starting with that, I will say that I agree that he has been stunted. I definitely feel like we could have so much more than him just being Nate's stoner friend. It feels like they have done this in order to have him mesh really well with um, Nate. You know, like the little bromance. And then also, I think it's a double whammy because Zari is such a, like, powerful force, LOL, uh, that they also want him to, like, balance well against her. So her, this being, like, ditzy Zari, right? Like, oh, just, you know, like, here, I I seem, she's not ditzy, but she seems that way. So him being the, like, male equivalent of that would be, like, stoner. So that's why they're like, oh, look at that, the Tarazi twins just (laughs) doing that. Um, (laughs) But she has two years on him of you know baggage and even though it's a different version of zari that's still a part of how we recognize zari um so she's got two years on him of that plus the entire plot of her having to save him in the first place Mm -hmm. and discovering that she is much more than that shell that we originally thought that she was when we met zari 2.0 so now we just need the shell story for (laughs) bayrod I don't know i don't know what they're gonna do with it
2: i don't know, I don't know time. how they
1: would do that it's or time. yeah <laughs> he needs he needs
2: a storyline yeah <laughs> of his own
1: yes i agree with that also yes the whole episode was nasty i i mean not just the secret sauce and the alien was just gross um and the whole like when they took off the mask and we got to, and we saw the Ugh. mascot mascot of so gross, gross but it was also like a really like paint by numbers whodunit type mystery right like, oh, we get, we get we hear one clue here, and we go to that place. And we get a clue from there, and we go to the next thing, et cetera, et cetera. So I wasn't really invested in, like, where the alien was or who the alien was. Because it's not like we had gotten to know any of the characters there. So I don't care if the chick whose glasses Spooner stole was the alien, or if the wife of the owner was the alien, or if she has an alien cocoon in her attic. I mean, doesn't matter to me. Um, um, and I also just felt like it was, like, a little bit, like... Like, obviously, I know we're trying to track an alien down to track Sarah down, but I feel like I lost sight of that. Even though Ava was reminding me constantly, I did not feel like that was what was going on, you know? It just it just felt very much like, okay, this is the plot of the week, right? This is the alien of the week. We're going to just do this. And I see now we're going to hop to the different times and places that they've somehow been dispersed in order to track down these aliens so we can ask them, have you seen this girl? I guess. <laughs> um, which doesn't seem like particularly exciting. I does it does make me much more interested in as always the character dynamics and then B as well, whatever, you know. And secondly, in what Sarah and Gary will be doing on the ship. Um but speaking of Sarah and Gary on the ship, I was so sad that Amelia Earhart was like infected or whatever the hell she was. So I was like, oh it's I probably wanted probably in more. food. I told yeah. her not to <laughs> eat it. <laughs> I was I was yeah, I was thinking of that connection too, because I was like, hmm the sauce and food and like that's gonna be you know like it felt like it's like a zombie virus like alien Mm. zombie situation that we're doing um but anyway so that was sad um I wanted more Amelia Earhart being Amelia Earharty but oh well so so yeah that is that is that on that it wasn't a particularly exciting episode um but I'm sure that there will be other locations and times that will be more exciting so feedback
0: yes we do have feedback we have feedback from Shang and Sora let me find them Uh, let's see Shang says let's start with legends why do I care more about Sarah's isolated plot than Kara's and that's on better writing (laughs) (laughs) I love Spooner. She's my child now. Killing aliens to fight against your trauma. Okay, big valid. I fully support this. I can't believe they made this the canon backstory of Big Belly Burger. (laughs) Does that mean everyone on Earth Prime will have this memory of a bug dying as the origin story of the burger chain? (laughs) Nate's shorts were not short enough. (laughs) (laughs) This, in all caps, my wife, well, she is my fiancé. Technically, she hasn't asked me yet, but I did say yes, so I guess that makes us, never mind, Sarah, my friend, Ava, please. (laughs) Um, I don't know.
2: Like, interesting that that's where that light lady draws. Like, I draw the line of homophobia, like alien goo. Okay, <laughs> I know
0: <laughs>
1: two women loving each other, not okay. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, that's right, I totally forgot about that when she was like, Nothing about the sentence makes sense. Was like, okay, you're like, Well, structurally,
0: um, and then number six, I don't know which part of that sentence. Oh, no, makes the least sense as Shang says too. Isn't this just all of us watching Legends? But also, I love the show so much. It's just shooting serotonin straight into my depressed brain. Oh, yes, it is good at that. <laughs> then Suara says. <clears throat> I love that Legends is really putting a spotlight on the Tarazi siblings this season. I love them so so much. Behrad was totally high during his burger speeches, and it was fantastic. Cheyenne does such an amazing job in the role. His bickering with Zari was so relatable, and their mutual insecurities were very clear. I'm Burger Boy's sister. Had me cry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that
1: was funny. That <laughs> was so ridiculous. funny. I love that so much. Reminded <laughs> love- me a good
2: burger. Like that whole... <laughs> Like how to make a good patty.
0: (laughs) I love my Persian siblings so, so much. I love that a plot about alien mind control burgers of all things showcase this. The conflict between Spooner and Ava is really good and felt earned. And I loved Ava apologizing and their resolution at the end and getting to know more about Esperanza. She's a superb addition to the show. Also, LMAO, I love that that the alien was basically Mothra. (laughs) 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 the part they caught that caught my least interest was Sarah and Gary. Interesting. Meeting alien trans Amelia Earhart. It was fine. I guess. I think that this subplot while still interesting needs more work as the season goes on looking forward to where it goes. And that is all from them. I love to to hear that
1: from you guys. That was beautiful. (laughs) Um, And now do we have any predictions? Even though I already predicted the formulaic plot of the season. Do we have any others?
0: (laughs) Mm, I don't. Jessica. <laughs> I, would,
1: I feel like the dog
2: is, I still feel like the dog is an alien. <laughs> like maybe whatever alien got the short end of the stick and couldn't get like an Amelia Earhart, you know, human suit <laughs> there in the dog. Maybe the dog is like the overlord. There we go. Because that would be just be like the most ridiculous prediction that you can make, would be That's the correct true. one. It tracks. So, like the, the dog <laughs> must be the boss. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs>
1: Oh, I like it. I support that. All right. Um, now on to uh, Batwoman, a show full of girl bosses, I guess. Uh, five years ago, game show host Arthur Brown threatened to blow up his studio, but was caught when his riddle was solved, apparently by Sophie, who won a promotion for it. Now, Arthur Brown has escaped and plans to torment Sophie. He gives a clue to her while she is with Mary and Ryan, and they work together to rescue Brown's daughter, Stephanie. From there, they learn that Stephanie is a puzzle expert, expert and she is the one who really solved the riddle and asked Sophie to cover for her. There's a crypt written on her. She and Luke have to work on the message. The other three search the studio, but then Ryan and Mary are trapped by a bomb. Um, in order to save them, Sophie is like, listen, I know you are Batwoman, And therefore, I need Batwoman things to save you. And Ryan is like, I'm not Batwoman. You're Batwoman. I want to (laughs) die. And then Carrie is like, shut up and just trust Sophie. She is a nice girl. So they do trust Sophie. They get out. Thank you, Sophie. Um, And now I know you know that I know that you know. And we all know. It is great. Meanwhile, Stephanie knocks Luke out so that she can confront her dad on her own. Her dad tries to kill her, but thankfully, Luke wakes up and saves her. And for his trouble, he gets a kiss.
2: Yay, Luke. And See mom. what's happened when you get out of the back cave? stuff
1: happens. <laughs> See the light. <laughs> Meanwhile, during Jacob's snake bite dream, where he's like pushing the swings for Beth and Kate or whatever, Alice calls for help to get out of Black Mask's mansion or whatever. But he thinks he's hallucinating, so he's like, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. (laughs) It was so horrible. So horrible. And then at some point he like codes at Mary's clinic and you're like, just die, Jacob. Just fucking die. But (laughs) he will not die. Meanwhile, Black Mask and Cersei torture Alice to learn that woman's identity. Alice stalls. Um, She offers to give Cersei a new face. Once she puts it on, she's like, oh my god. Those are Kate's eyes. And also before that, she just knew that it wasn't Cersei because Cersei is dead, and she saw Cersei's dead body. So nice try, Black Mask. So, what did bring you joy from this episode of That Woman? I feel like I, like if I I'd list like the entire episode. Like this is
2: gonna be like a double recap. <laughs> I'm just gonna like talk about everything <laughs> from beginning to the end. Um, this was a great episode. Like despite the bickering between Ryan and Sophie, it was really fun. A lot of stuff happened. Um, I liked in the flashback when the guard was going to wake up um, Arthur and he's like, sun's up, buns up (laughs) that that phrase is just like funny (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, I like that Um, the opening action sequence with Ryan like barreling through all these false face society members and her you know, confrontation with the crows and her sarcasm and, and using her wit to save herself from the crows when they're like, stop or I'll shoot and she's like, you know what, and then like flies off was great all of that I feel like either Natalie or Javicia said it was like a one shot camera sequence where they're doing this whole fight in one take and the choreography was just amazing um Javicia did so good and then all the sass and the sarcasm with the crows and her just like not giving a shit about their bullets or whatever they're trying to do was amazing um Sophie coming to check on Mary with a bottle of tequila love her um, and the whole idea that you know, in the beginning, we think that you know, Sophie solved this unsolvable crime on her first day at work. Like, how how much much of a boss bitch can you be? Like, she is like the the top crow on her first day. Amazing. Um, the game. Never have I ever. We learned so much during that game. There's like a lot of like different dynamics going on. Brian like accidentally sexting Mary and exposing that she's dating Imani, which hello. What are my predictions? I knew it. Thank you. You did. You did. Call <laughs> I that. caught the vibe. I caught the vibe. Now we're riding the vibe. So that was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just the fact that she like sexted Mary, she was, <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, the whole like the game bringing up, you know, it got kind of like shady or testy, you know, around being saved by Batwoman and. um you know, Ryan taking a drink and Sophie, like, throwing shade, like, how did you get saved by that woman? And she's like, oh, the OG one, that makes sense. And, you know, like, all this is, like, very thinly veiled, <laughs> <laughs> you know, accusatory tones going around. So that whole, like, sequence was great. Um, the, I love quizzes and riddles, and I like shows that can do it well, so it's really fun when you're trying to figure it out along with the characters. Um, so it was fun to watch the food chain riddle was a really fun one but ryan and sophie like this is a nitpick natalie and caroline <laughs> ryan and sophie were arguing over like whether it was a bobcat or a puma but those animals look nothing alike those are two completely separate <laughs> animals what i think they should have done because I, I get what they were trying to do like because the girls said they had to be in alphabetical order so if it was a bobcat versus a puma that you know changes where the block goes but what they should have done is a cougar and a puma Because that's still, you still have the two opposite ends of the alphabet, but those are actually the same animal. So that would have been like a better, like, (laughs) argument. (laughs) Because the Bob, whoever said Bobcat, you were definitely wrong, girl. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But like, and then, you know, the fact, like, Sophie with the rifle was so fucking hot. Like, her hitting down, like, every shot, so great. Um, Loved her sharpshooting skills. Um, and there's just, like, another aspect of Sophie that makes her, like, you know, you – she's playing, like, a straight character a lot of the times so that, you know, it's nice to see her in those moments where she is badass. Like, she, you know, knows a lot about cars, or she's a very sharp shooter and she can hit those shots even after downing, like, a bottle of tequila. Great stuff. Um, what else? Um Thank God for Mary, like, being the neutral party. Voice <laughs> the reason I know? Because I know she was, like, stressed Her out. Her face between,
0: like, the arguments. <laughs> just like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the fill of all that
2: I feel for you, girl. Um, Mary and Ryan having, like, way too much fun. They're, like, standing on a bomb, but they're having just, like, a blast in this, like, DC villains quiz, quiz bowl. Um, that was really fun. And it was really fun to get, like, the, you know, name drops of Poison Ivy and the Riddler, um, Mr. Freeze on the show. Um so those are really cool like shout outs. Um Mary telling Ryan about herself and Ryan was just being hard-headed and keep refusing to let Sophie help him even though the alternative is everybody dying. Um I like that Mary called Ryan out. It was like you you would even go you would hate Sophie that much that you would risk my
1: life. <laughs> right, yeah. Mary was so offended and I'm offended for
2: her. Yeah. Um so I I like that so Sophie was finally, you know, it came out that she knew and that she was finally able to get into the Batcave. Um, at like, now, like the end where they reach a point of understanding with Ryan and Sophie. Because um, Sophie has definitely done enough, even when she didn't know and Ryan, before she told Ryan about it, she's done enough partner wise for Ryan to at least trust that Sophie keeps her word and will be helpful. So I'm glad that they seem to be on the same page now. Stephanie Brown, I really liked her. I thought she was fun. Um, I like how all the girls are so dependent on Luke. Anytime, like, something goes wrong, she's like, call Luke! (laughs) And that's their answer for everything. Um, Like, Stephanie and Luke had immediate banter. um, And, you know, even though it's quick quickly developed, I thought, I still thought they were cute. Um, And, like, the whole kiss. I hope she comes back and we see more of her um, it was interesting that Ryan was so, like, amused by it. Mary, you didn't get to see much of her reaction. But if Stephanie comes back for a story, then maybe we do get to see more of Mary's reaction and possibly develop a triangle there or whatever. Um, Ryan and even Alice. Ryan and Alice are queens of, like, grudge keeping. Ryan <laughs> almost got her killed. Alice has saved Ryan's life. So, like, Alice is so petty and wants to kill Ryan herself that she won't tell Black Mask who Batwoman's identity is, even though she could have easily have thrown, like, Ryan under the bus.
1: Um, well, we know, we li- know how, how, you know, where that goes. Because she yeah. also wanted to be the one to kill Kate herself. Yes. It doesn't work out for you, girl. Uh, <laughs> but, I, like, even her
2: her side of the story was great because it brought Kate back in with a face. Um, I like that she was smart and she figured out that Black Mask was a rum- romance. Because I thought that she knew for some reason But the way that she was able to figure out the whole thing about Cersei and her knowing that Cersei is a fake, but, you know, playing along with Roman anyway, and then realizing that it's Kate, uh, all of that was great. It makes me very excited for where Alice goes from here, now knowing that Kate is alive and that she found her. So awesome, awesome, very good episode.
0: I agree. I don't know how to follow that up except to repeat (laughs) everything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Describe <laughs> the entire episode again and kill. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. I love that they did focus on all, like, the girl bonding stuff because, you know, the show does have a lot of women in it. But it's nice to actually see them have a night to themselves where it's not just about all the action happening in Gotham City and Batwoman things and Crow things. And um, I did have to laugh when, you know, Ryan's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you invited Crowfee. <laughs> Like that's too much. <laughs> Childish. It was. It was. But like honestly, Sophie has just been god tier level this last these last three episodes for me because it's just been so refreshing to have her front and center like this. And this is episode especially like we got a flashback to five years ago, Sophie, which is very nice. Um, we got to see, like, her history with her own cases and, you know, the length that she would go to protect people like Stephanie and anybody really just like she's doing with Ryan. Um, so I really love that we're seeing this side of her and, and proving, like, how loyal she is and trustworthy she is and, you know – I love the conversation with her and Ryan specifically at the end about how like she didn't want Ryan to just tell her she's Batwoman. She wanted to feel like Mm -hmm. she earned her trust Mm -hmm. to do that, um, even though the situation, you know, forced uh, Ryan to tell her. But or forced, you know, Sophie's hand to say, like, I know that you who you are. Um, but all of that leading up to that moment was exceptional. I really did feel like it was all earned. Like, you know, by the end of the episode, you do feel like that smile that Ryan was giving Sophie. She's like, yeah, I think we can be friends now. You know, that was really nice and amazing. And, oh. So, whoever wrote this episode, bravo. <laughs> Caroline and Natalie. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. I never thought I'd say this. Congratulations. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it was a very, very strong episode. You know, the Clue Master was great. I love that we even got, like, name drops of villains like the Riddler. <laughs> and it was, like, the Penguin. So, it was a fun Um clue game and i think that he played his cards just right but also like it was super disturbing that he wanted his his daughter to join him but i like that that also for the you know however many minutes that stephanie was on screen she got to prove that she was more clever than her dad how petty her dad is but also that she's team batwoman all the way um and that she has like a strong bond with not only Sophie now, but obviously like very into Luke. I felt the vibes. I felt the vibes at the beginning and I'm like, Oh, okay. And then at the end I'm like, okay, see, I knew this was going this way, but I didn't think it would get here so quickly. (laughs) <laughs> but it did go the way that I thought it would um, so you know good for Luke I know he, even like um, Cameras was like I know you you guys you know want Hamble Fox <laughs> so bad I'm he's just out. glad to be kissing somebody I right know. exactly yeah.
1: he was just happy to do something
0: <laughs> yeah and it was even it, great it, that, it was
2: like they let them out the house he was like
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, got go the cave. he got to go do something which was amazing and it's what he deserves so hopefully we'll get to see more of that and it was just a stupendous episode all around I think All of the plots interconnected really well. We had Mm -hmm. Alice not having a boring plot for once, where it was actually exciting to watch her work. Like I think that outside of scheming and things like that, she's really good at like running her mouth and Mm -hmm. keeping people (laughs) distracted. You know,
1: right?
0: right. (laughs) So that was really smart on her part. And I do like what you said about her. You know, she is being petty. I was like, you know, she could have. Outed Batwoman right then and there, but you know we know why she didn't want to. So it'll be interesting to see like how that relationship moves forward. But I did like the fact that it didn't take her long to figure out that that was Kate. Um, so that'll be interesting. Like I have a prediction about this, but it'll be interesting to see what happens.
2: Um, so I, I do. Um, it almost feels like season like the pilot episode again, where like we learn immediately that Alice is Beth. Like, Alice learns immediately that Cersei is Kate.
0: Yeah, for sure. And even, I I like, just in general, like, the secret identity stuff on this show doesn't really, with exception of OG Batwoman not telling Sophie that she was Batwoman. (laughs) But this season has been really good at not, like, keeping secrets or stringing the audience along about, like, oh, how long is Sophie not going to tell Ryan that she's Batwoman or vice versa how long is Ryan not going to you know spend time not telling Sophie she's Batwoman so I'm glad they kind of got that out of the way but they also came up with a great plot to not only be engaging but like actually develop these characters as people individually and as friends because I felt that um, and of course I always love Mary and I, I love that she was like a part of this uh, the whole time and also that she was you know they they just really just felt like sisters hanging out and I love that. I love that for this episode. I love that for us. So, great all around. You're on mute, Tati. Uh-huh.
1: Like you guys, I love the whole episode. I thought it all came together really well. We got to see all these different sides. Like, you know, coming towards a similar climax or, you know, an impending climax if you will. But I especially loved The Girls' Night. I thought that was like a really fun way to tease that Sophie knew and also how Sophie behaves when she knows. Uh, And furthermore, I thought that it was a really great way to to get to know the different dynamics. Like we already obviously know that Sophie and Ryan are enemies to question mark. But we see that Mary and Ryan actually are close. You know, or Mary and Ryan, Mary and Sophie, are, Sophie. Are, are actually close. Like we don't, we don't often get to see them interact, but now we see that they really, you know, they do trust each other. They do lean on each other. We've seen um, them each comfort each other over their losses or potential losses, if you will. So, um, so yeah, now we get to see them all as like a potential unit for the future, and Mary being kind of like that missing link that Ryan and Sophie needed to be able to trust each other and to be able to see eye to eye. So it was really nice that uh, Mary was the one that had to like talk to Ryan and make her understand that what she was doing was hurting not just herself, but also Mary. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Plus, I'm really excited for this to open the door for Sophie and Ryan interactions and team ups in the future. Now that they are much more on the same page, Ryan knows that Sophie is trustworthy, and Sophie has proven herself not just to the audience, but to team. That that she is very willing to stand up to the Crows, you know, when it's really necessary. And that she is going to work to, you know, make changes, hopefully, from the inside out. And so, yeah, I think that she's had a really good um, arc uh, in the last, like, half of this season. Because at first it was like, uh-oh, what's, you know, something we going to do without Kate. But now now she's finally on her own. We're finally getting that crow storyline along with her really getting to be part of Team Bat, which is very nice. Aside from that, um, I, yeah, Stephanie's cool. I, I liked that the twist that she had solved her dad's riddle and that she had had Sophie take the credit. Like, because even though you might be like, oh no, like that makes Sophie look bad, but it actually made her look good because she was doing it to protect Stephanie um, <laughs> because she's a selfless, beautiful, tropical fish. And then Stephanie having to face the fact that her dad, you know, sucks even more balls than she thought he did <laughs> and then is good, is willing to kill her. get what he wants uh feel bad for her glad she uh gave luke a good time thanks for that i also agree that yes i love that they always luke is like their handyman right whenever something goes wrong like luke please fix it um (laughs) so hopefully he'll get to do more than that in the future but for now nice job being useful luke and finally, yes, Alice's storyline was exciting and like tension-filled. I felt I felt for her when Jacob did not <laughs> did not help her, and then I was rooted for her when she figured out that there was no way that Kate could be Cersei. And then when she saw the eyes, and she was like, "Oh my God, those are my sister's eyes, or really, our dad's eyes, or whatever the hell she said." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "So I'm very much looking forward to that." I hope that we don't just open the next episode with it being like, Haha, "No." random lie. And then, okay, I believe you. That would be the worst. So hopefully that's not the case. Uh, And from here on, Alice will just be smart. So, what did not bring Joy, if anything, did not bring Joy?
2: Well, I mean, for a a long part, Ryan was not, like, cooperating with the girls' night. Um, Like, she was holding grudges and taking her annoyance out on Sophie, um, which, you know, it it's very annoying, and I'm trying to keep in context that right before this, she had the confrontation with the crows, and she can't really yell at the crows, you know, or have any, like, prolonged, like, confrontation like she wants to, because um, they don't know who she is. So when she goes home and she sees Sophie with Mary, Sophie is, like, the representative crow, and so she takes out all of her annoyance and her anger and, you know, hatred onto Sophie. Um which i mean like she came in hot and like why is Crophy in my loft and all this kind of stuff it just feels like because we had like you know some anons about this as well that she just goes kind of like back and forth on whether she likes sophie or not depending on like the episode or the time of day or <laughs> whatever and it's just like you know it feels like all of the interactions the fact that sophie held up her bargain in saving angelique and helping angelique get out of that situation alive that there should have been some kind of like trust built up um a little bit between her and ryan but ryan was just like not open to it at all and it was just very frustrating like i said like i felt so bad for mary having to be in the middle of all that and all of their like arguing over like who gets to do what and you know it just felt very childish a lot on ryan's part because sophie was just reacting to ryan's energy bad energy from the start um so, yeah, again, I'm glad that Mary called her out on, like, biting her nose, spider face. And then, obviously, my weekly rant on Jacob. Like, Alice got so desperate to be saved that she called you. <laughs> she called Jacob. Jacob to save her. Um, and he was so high that he fumbled the bag. You had a second chance to save your daughter, The whole reason you're taking a bite in the first place is so you could have a second chance, and here is an actual second chance to repair your relationship, and you ruined it again. So, and this time it is like 100% your fault because (laughs) you were high, and had you not been high, you would have recognized it was Alice and you could have saved her. So, (laughs) it's and it's kind of like soon because we know that you know, like behind the scenes pictures. He doesn't die. And so soon he's going to get like both daughters back at some point, And without having done like any actual work on himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree about the Jacob part for sure, because <laughs> I, I just think, I don't know what they're doing with the storyline. Like I conceptually, I understand, but the way that they're executing it emotionally, Is just terrible because he has, we've seen him try with Mary before that, like one time he half tried and he didn't get through. um, And then he wasn't even like fully there with the compromise because he was also high. And like you said, now, like the fact that Alice even called him, that was a breakthrough for her. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And he had that opportunity to actually do something about it. Because he feels like he regrets so many things in his life, and it's like, well, somebody's handing you the opportunity on a golden platter, and you are not responding. So, I don't know what they're trying to do with him, but it's not—it's really not working. And it just, like, he went from that moment to something like he's overdosing, and they're gonna have to try to save his life, and everyone's gonna be stressed about it. But the characters will be stressed about it. I won't be stressed about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh a fail um yeah i think that was pretty much it <clears throat> for me
1: <laughs> um i think my dislikes are kind of like the same especially um especially as jessica's just mostly like first okay first i'll say clue master is just kind of a boring villain like i just didn't care about clue Master. um considering the fact that he should be kind of like a lesser Riddler, if you will. You know, he's he's a little Riddlery. Um, <laughs> it was funny that
2: he was like the he called the Riddler the less the lesser Riddler. Right, in his, like, <laughs> riddle.
1: right. which uh, okay, honey Okay, but and also the fact that he's Stephanie's dad, right? Like, Stephanie is like a major member of the Bat family, and this is our introduction to her. And her dad is a big plays a big role in shaping who she is. So for all that, his introduction was not very splashy. I just did not really care about him. But whatever. At least he, you know half birthed Stephanie. So thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Um, aside from that, uh, I will say that Stephanie and Luke's development was a little bit lightning speed, like in a way that it's like, this isn't going anywhere, you know, just like, Oh, yay. We just gave Luke something. Okay. See you later. Um, so that's when I was like, when I saw that even, um, Cameron cameras had tweeted about it and said like, he liked it. I was like, Oh, okay. Yay. This is a good sign for him. Even though I want, of course, Hamil Fox. But whatever, you know, I can work with building towards a love triangle. And then I was like, no. Like you said, <laughs> Mary didn't even like acknowledge it or notice it, except other than like I mean really it was Ryan who was like, ha link wink, nudge nudge. And then Mary was just like, I'm also here. I know. I yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: They make us feel like <laughs> Hamilton Fox is just fabricated because it's not Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Right.
1: <laughs> It doesn't exist, but you know this is also not going anywhere. So okay, but a lot of the
2: pairings that people in the fandom want don't exist. Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) true. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that they've given us more reason to believe Hamil Fox will exist Mm. than with other (laughs) pairings. Anyway, the phone call. Yes, to Jacob. I'm so mad at Jacob. Like, come on, Alice is reaching out to you, and you were just useless. So, of course, this is just, again, resetting us to zero, right? Every time that Alice is like, let me try to be human, people are like, no, I reject <laughs> your humanity, Alice. So this is just going to push us further back. Very, very annoying. Uh, can the ocean, like, come in and save her or something so we can at least get a semblance of <laughs> sanity? Uh, and then finally, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I will agree with with, um, with my beloved Jessica about Ryan Ryan, um, I understand that that's literally like a, that is like a her character flaw and journey, right? That she's, it's hard for her to trust other people, and there because she's had to rely on herself and Angelic Angel Angelique, Angelique Angelique for so long. I was like Angelica, <laughs> anyway. um... And Ryan, uh, that it's hard for her to trust white people, and of course she has all these issues with the crows because of how they've treated her and because they are garbage. So it makes sense that she doesn't want to trust.
2: I Hmm? forgot a joy that she called it a white supremacist organization. Oh, that's true.
1: That's true because it is. Because it is. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So so like all that makes sense. But Sophie has proven herself already. Like it's like you can trust Sophie a little bit. Come on, come on now. And then I, I also do think it's like. Probably because she had to prove herself so much to Team Bat to like be allowed in, she kind of like isn't totally prepared to like share the duties with them or like lead like the teamwork. So sometimes it's hard for her to be like, okay, yes, I will listen to what you're saying and we're going to work with you know. She'd be like, no, I did it this way because of my feelings on it, and it's like, okay, Ryan, it's okay, it's okay, relax. But thankfully, it worked out by the end of the episode, and I'm sure that we'll continue to see progress. It was just slightly frustrating for part of the episode, but overall. Wonderful, fantastic episode. Do we have feedback? Yes, we have a lot of feedback.
0: Yes, we do. We have several. We have, who do we have? Shang, Suarez, Sonia, and Miriam. Let's find you all. Let's start with Miriam. So she says, um, Batwoman feedback. I really like this episode, but I have a few thoughts that did not bring joy. I wish they would stop having Ryan harp on Sophie about the crows because it doesn't look like they're going to do anything about bothering, bettering the crows anytime soon. Does Ryan know that even though the show hardly shows it, Mary and Sophie have known each other for years? Also, Mary's lifestyle is supported by two shady organizations, Hamilton Dynamics and the crows. Oh, this is true.
1: <laughs> the crows are basically paying Mary, for the ultimate daughter of <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're basically paying for the loft they're living in, and they're living in, in, Batwoman's gadgets. Because isn't Kate's money mostly Crow Jacob money? This is true. I mean, how else do they afford the thousand dollars worth of Patterings? <laughs>
2: I I feel like some of those is like Bruce's supply probably right but you can't recycle batterings. so yeah they've got to have some new ones who is who's making the batterings? I know
0: that's a good question I want to (laughs) know who's the supplier um it was weird that at her big age she thinks she can control who Mary can be friends with or bring into the loft I think the writers just like Krofi and Uh, Appearing woke every time they diss the crows, but I think what Ryan is really pissed about is Sophie stereotyping her and unfairly bringing her in for questioning, which I'm glad is what I'm glad Sophie apologized for. Predictions: I feel like Kate having a criminal's face basically means that she's not long for this universe. Interesting. Hmm. And we have where where does Shang go? Shang. Okay. Um, I love Sophie Lesbian Queen, her shooting with the gun after tequila shots. How? I won't even be able to see straight. <laughs> Is Stephanie coming back? Feels like that's the love interest thing for Luke. Yes. Um, so you ladies think the writers may do a love triangle with Mary. Doesn't seem like that's the case right now.
2: Not at the moment. Like they yeah. they had other stuff going on. So Mary didn't really have a lot of time to like have a storyline out of that. But if she yeah. comes back, if Stephanie comes back, then we'll see
0: for sure but Chang feels like he'd rather have mary and luke stay friends um and once again mary being the best Thank woman you ever
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the whole quiz bowl sequence was just chef's kiss i loved it so much Quizmaster was so damn campy but there was also a sense of seriousness because they could be blown up like i loved it oh my god was right the way ryan and mary were answering questions about gotham villains sent me i love them your honor <laughs> Um, and now the secret is out and we are moving from enemies to reluctant allies. I will get my friends to lovers part soon. I really think Sophie and Ryan have potential. You see
2: this, but Maybe you not see this season. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe not this season, but next. Of course, I'd want an angsty kiss this season, though. Also, what's with all the straighties getting full on kisses? Where are my sapphic kisses? This is true. Wallace and Rachel look so alike. Um, I did not think that they would have revealed Kate this way. But I think it was a good reveal. I think hopefully we might get, uh, hopefully, hopefully we get an Imani Ryan kiss next week, this week. So we will see. Uh, Moving on to Sonia's feedback. Um, She says, I love this episode so much because we got to see Sophie and the Bat team working together, which was great. I also loved Clue Master as a villain, as he reminded me a lot of Trickster on the Flash. Love the Mary and Sophie friendship scene in the game of never have I ever that Mary, Sophie and Ryan played and Mary outing that Sophie has kissed Batwoman and Sophie laying on really thick that she knows Ryan is Batwoman. I loved how Ryan was the one to find the second clue as it shows that she's very smart as was later uh, in the episode her getting the question right and not going with Sophie's answer. Honestly, I was really mad when Ryan berated Sophie for accepting the field agent position, since she technically didn't solve the clue herself. There's a reason why they have agents manning tip lines and any other agent could have simply brushed the girl off and not taken her seriously. But Sophie didn't, wit- didn't which shows her resourcefulness and also her integrity, since she didn't out the girl either. I don't know, Ryan just rubbed me the wrong way in this scene. Uh, loves Stephanie so much except for my Hamil Fox heart is sobbing about the incredible chemistry between Luke and Stephanie. The scene where she's giving him clues to guess her name was so cute. Uh, Thank God Sophie finally told Ryan she knows she's Batwoman and that she got the weapon Ryan needed to get her and Mary out safely. Fucking Jacob being on snakebite and not realizing that Alice Beth that called was the real one and that he couldn't Mm. save her glad Alice figured out Cersei is Kate through her eyes as I I was confused on how they would do that since Ruby and Wallace don't look the same thank you for your lovely feedback Sonia and there there was more we will post on the tumblr and then we finally we have Suara's batwoman feedback let's see oh no Suara didn't have batwoman feedback are you sure oh no I lied (laughs) 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 he (laughs) he says that one was this week was good loved Ryan Sophie and Mary working together as civilians and especially doing bat trivia seeing the depth of the bond between Mary and Sophie was really great also Ryan knows Sophie knows (laughs) and it happened so organically without needless mind games or drama this was so great and refreshing love so Ryan so much so Ryan (laughs) Mm -hmm. all these all these so Ryan lovers I love you all thank you for supporting my ship (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, this was so great and refreshing um, I do expect it will later oh sorry let the ship sail please writers I do expect it will later and I can be patient despite the divergences from the comics I really like this version of Stephanie Brown I liked her conflict with her dad and found it true to the comics at least on how much I know <laughs> Alice finally realizing it's Kate was great and I'm glad we can finally move on with this plot line. same thank you all for your feedback again it will be posted to the tumblr and that is all.
1: That was beautiful. Uh, speaking of feedback, do we have any predictions?
2: I want to hear May's first.
0: Yes. Is May- oh, it, I'm drawn. like, I just blanked Real? on my own. You're stealing mine. No, no, no. I did have, well, I, I don't remember what I mentioned. I, I thought I had it written down, but I, I lied to myself. It'll it come it back. About, to it was about, like, Allison and, and Kate, right? Oh.
1: I have one. Oh yes, but do you did you figure it yours
0: out? Yes, yes, okay, yes. Uh, Alice and Kate. I think that Alice will hold on to the information that she's Kate and try to help her so that she can be the one, <laughs> <laughs> so that she can be the one to like kill her in the end because she doesn't want anybody knowing that that's She'll Kate. like kill this in is. End kill kate like this is her vendetta okay. like her knowing that cersei's kate she'll, she'll be able to get away with it without anybody even knowing that she did because now she'll have like that revenge because that's what she was so upset about that kate wasn't around
1: yeah, but she won't be able to do it because she. Yeah, i don't think she it. wants
0: that anymore yeah, though
1: exactly eh, but she might think she wants it. Yeah, she she exactly she will pretend she wants it but she doesn't want it yeah like I never think that she'll actually. But I feel like she's Kate. She's because like that's never gonna happen. On I the feel show. like she's
2: zeroed in on on Ryan now. Like she's so mad at Ryan. Like my prediction, because there's a couple different ways that we can go with this, and all of them are exciting. Like she can either <laughs> want a friend or want an ally and take this information back to like Sophie or whatever to get Kate to remember herself. or since I don't think she wants Kate to be back to the way Kate was. like she if Kate's gonna be Kate, then Kate should be Alice's only Kate. So she could just say F that and try to get Kate to remember only the memories about her and Alice. Like, we're sisters, mm-hmm. and you should trust me and only me, but no one else, um, and go that route. And then you have, like, two bad sisters <laughs> terrorizing Gotham. Or the other thing is Alice can be, like, the Kate-only fans that we have in fandom. And,
1: uh <laughs> Kate-only <laughs> <try> fans? To- <laughs> I'm now imagining Kate doing an OnlyFans <laughs> to raise money for
2: OnlyFans. <laughs> anyway, continue. She could be, like, one of those people that think only Kate should be Batwoman, and she could try to turn Kate against Ryan's Like, you were supposed to be, but you're Batwoman, and this girl's coming in, she's stealing all your stuff, and you need to go in there, and you need to kill her so you can be, like, she can do that. Because then she gets to kill Ryan without actually having to kill Ryan herself. Mm. And then once Kate kills Ryan and, like, takes up the battle, like, there's still, there's still that bond between them. So she could keep Alice and kill Ryan at the same time. The end.
1: <laughs> I support this. Or, as for what her plans are, not supporting that they have <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but, that they are successful, no. <laughs> yeah, I do not support the success of her the plans, only that those might be the plans. I was gonna say, um, going along with, I was thinking about this before, what One of our uh, feedbacks said that because she has a criminal space, she's not long for this universe. Not that I think she's going to die because she's a criminal space, but I do think that she might have to go on the run because of it. So like even if there was going to be like some kind of showdown where it's like, who is the real Batwoman or who deserves to be Batwoman or whatever the hell, Kate would take herself out of the running because she literally has Cersei as face, space, Right. So she would have to, people will just think she's thirsty. So then she's like, oh, I have to go on the run. And then at that point, you know, we'll just, we can all have a goodbye to Kate, but in a, you know, real, normal, alive way. And Jacob could stop being depressed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like that. And then that goes back to our whole, she'll go on the run at the end of the season anyway, but now she'll just have somebody else's face. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Which I think would make more sense than like, well, it's time for me to sip some Mai Tais on the beach. Like, <laughs> like I was just right. believing she would do. <laughs> 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 Alright. So, if we're done with that, it's time for Black Lightning. Uh, this is going to be a terrible recap. I am so sorry, because I don't remember what happened in this episode. <laughs> um, having figured out that Tobias paid Looker to brainwash people against the Pierces, Khalil offers to track her down so she can confess. It takes him and Painkiller together to take her down without being brainwashed themselves. Meanwhile, Jefferson convinces Shakur to slip a truth serum in an FBI agent's drink to prove he's under Looker's influence. And he has to reveal that he is blacklighting to do so. And Chakor is like, I thought we were friends. I can't believe this. You lied to me. (laughs) I'm telling you. Exactly. (laughs) And um, I guess Lynn gets out. I don't remember what happened. Basically, Jefferson and Kevin are like, how? Yeah, she's out on bail. But like they have like different reasons or like ways they wanted to help her. I guess yeah. Jefferson she wins, wanted
2: Keith wanted her superior. to take a
1: plea, like consider taking a plea deal. Right. And
2: Jefferson's like, "We don't pay you for that," and Keith's like, "You don't pay me at all." <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: not exactly but what but you know, watches that out on bail, <laughs> Jefferson is like, "Oh my god, let's get remarried," and Lynn was like. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> it was so awkward. I was like, what is happening? He was like peeing on a tree and staking his claim. I don't know. I guess oh, yeah. this is what's going on. Anyway, uh, Lopez goes to see Mayor Tobias. She hates metas. She what well, He wants to help her with meta human serum. And she's like, metas are so ugly. And then he's like, oh my God, but this is like, if you have guns because they have guns, or you have bombs because they have bombs, you have meta powers because they have meta powers. And she's like, hmm, okay, maybe you have a point. So <laughs> that's fun. Um, JJ's got her powers back, but they're acting funky. Um, Tobias has figured out that she's Jen, so now she's in, like, double trouble. She also ghosts Uriah, because she thinks that Uriah betrayed her with Instagram DMs. But then it turns out it wasn't him, it was Lopez. Thank you, TC. So she goes on a cute little date with Uriah, and then he gets murdered by Red. Thanks a lot, Red. She can't help him, because again, wonky powers. Um, so, sad times for Jen. Or JJ. Uh, anyway, Gambi explains to Lauren how Tobias used her research and that in their search for the emitter they end up finding a large deposit of promethium running under Freeland. I don't know what Prometheum is or what it does. but what it's what she used
2: so- to power her like her emitter thingy. Oh,
1: so like more emitter power. I don't reduced, know. Yeah. It's going to mean something. Mm. So, what, what brought joy? <laughs>
0: No things did spark joy uh in this episode (laughs) i really liked um jen and uh oh my god tc thank no yes i liked her and tc i liked the fact that tc even like thought to correct the situation he was like look this is not his fault you know he didn't really set you up because jen's always like out here holding a grudge against people everyone ever holds grudges (laughs) But he was like, no, this dude's a really good guy. He really likes you, and I think you really like him. You guys should go out. I thought their date was really sweet, and it was just very organic. They got to see the different sides to each other. They were really feeling each other, and they had the actors have great chemistry too, so it was really nice um, to watch that. And I enjoyed um, – I mean, Khalil was just really great this episode because he got to do a lot of things. He's continuing to help, like – Jeff and the um, Pierce's and also kind of like putting himself out there to tackle the whole situation. And this is really interesting, too, because like his reappearance puts him on Tobias's radar and that is potential for like his own show later on. So there's a lot going on there. And I like the fact that they continue to utilize him so well in the show. Um, I really like this that they brought back. Um, what is that Meta's name? Looker yes looker
2: okay
0: yeah that was really surprising like of all the people i thought that they would probably bring back looker is not one i expected but i think that they utilized her really well especially in like that scene with um when they were in the investigation room and you know they were trying to get her out of the officer to clear uh, lynn's name i thought that was really clever because it did do the work (laughs) and also made jeff feel like you know he was a man or whatever (laughs) So that he can go back to Lynn. is like, look, I did all this for you. I mean, that was really cute. It was nice to see him smile. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> so I'll take the little things, I guess. <laughs> um, and also, like, Lynn being the smart one in this situation when he did ask her to marry her. Because it's like, this it's like, sir, first of all, this came out of nowhere. I know that, you know, you finally did something right. <laughs> in a while but that does not mean that we're going to get back together because I still think that they have a lot of um things to solve and she was like that's not that's not working for me and you could tell it was like all over her face so I think that <laughs> Christine like, performance right. this whole reception so funny like she just she just she tried to that. swerve so yeah, it was so hilarious. I love that I love her acting in that scene it was great <laughs> and then just like, you know, Tobias being Tobias and and getting shit done. He's just on his way. But but the Pierce's are finally having a few wins, which is really nice to see because we're nearing the end of the season and I didn't want them to not go out on top. So finally they're actually like being more active or proactive now that they actually know like what's happening, maybe what's going on behind the scenes, um finally getting, you know, they're ducks in a row. They're shit in order, so that they can finally take down Tobias once and for all. And it's like looking to be a really great, hopefully, a great showdown.
2: Yeah, I really like. I've. It's been frustrating watching Tobias win so much this season, um, but not even frustrating the fact that he's winning because his plan is actually pretty solid. It's the fact that he's winning. The Pierces don't know what's going on. And I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and so, like, um, starting from last week's episode, we actually got to see what the fuck his plan was. And now that his plan is in effect, and th- this week we get to see more of what his plan is. Like, this is actually, like, a really good plan. Um, and the way that he's, like, setting himself up to profit off of the meta boosters and with, now with, like, the the genes that he was stealing from these pregnant women and being able to... From those, and using Lens of Research, be able to generate more meta boosters, all of that was, like, really good evil plan. Um, And we even got, like, I think I talked about last week how stuff was coming full circle, and season one seems like a full circle storyline for or sorry, this season seems like a full circle storyline for Tobias because season one, he's trying to do the same thing. He failed. And this time he's doing the same thing and he's like winning at it. And we get the board back because they were in season one and they were like the ghost uh, power authority that Tobias is trying to get into it. And now he's like one step closer. And so it's kind of interesting that he's still trying to get into this super stupid club when he could just say like, fuck the club. I am the club. <laughs> so I'm not really sure why he's still trying to get in there. Um, but it is, it is interesting, you know, his whole plan with Lopez and trying to get her on, on side with the Boosters and his little funky bracelets. Um, all of that was like really cool to see, but it was also nice to finally get to see the Pierces put the pieces together. (laughs) So you had like the, the Pierce sisters going after the Mona Vista and getting like the genetic material. You have Khalil. I'm really glad Khalil is now finally intersecting. He's almost there. He's not... With JJ yet, but he's almost there. He talked to Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> and he asked about. It. He's closer. like, "How is Jen?" So we're getting closer. <laughs> um, but I like that. I, I mean, all of the episodes that he's been in since he's the backdoor pilot, I really enjoyed his scenes. Um, you know, anytime time where you have like fantasy television where black people get to like kick a racist's ass is like great. Um. The whole looker, like I was, I was annoyed that he opened himself up to being brainwashed when he knows that's what she does. I'm like, why did you just go in there face on? Um, but I like how it transitioned to inside of his head and the process of her like physically in- invading, trying to take over, and um, you know, thinking there's only one Khalil, that she had to fight, and finding there <laughs> out there's two of you in here. Um, so. I was like, you know, this, this is really cool. Cause now they, you get to fight, like they're fighting in the external. Now they're fighting in like the internal space or whatever. Yeah. I'm that like, was there's...
0: so cool. The way that it was choreographed.
2: Yeah. And it's like, there's already too many people in his head. <laughs> before you he came in here. So, um, I really liked how they were able to get the upper hand, um, and take her down, um, without falling to her susceptible to her. Um, TC is just such a supportive friend. I feel I feel like he should help himself sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and stop helping Uriah. But I mean, <laughs> in spite of the fact that I didn't want Uriah and JJ to be together, they have a lot of chemistry. The actors have like a lot of chemistry. The the date was super cute. Um, it kept pulling at me to like it, and I was like, I don't want to like it, but it kept pulling at me to like it. Um, so that just goes that's that, and that's on chemistry, folks. Yeah. So that that was really cute. Um, Lynn, even th- I feel like the little dynamics, like uh, Gamby and Lauren was another one. I like that she was still mad. I like, with Gamby and Lauren, I like that there was so much chemistry between them. Um, so those are all good. And then Lynn just like curbing Jeff. I like the fact that they figured out the whole Agent Mason thing um, to clear Lynn's name. But I also like that she curbed Jeff because like it was just such a p- pissing contest between him and Keith, and then it just felt like Jefferson thought he won, and so the prize should be that he gets to put a ring of imprisonment around Len, so she can't go anywhere anymore. And <laughs> she just, no, that's okay. So I like that.
1: I also liked <laughs> Lynn curving Jefferson, but the biggest thing that I will that I liked was, as you guys said. The Pierce is getting to be active again. The Pierce is getting to win again because, oh my God, it's just been l- loss after loss, just L after L all season long. Thank God for Khalil. <laughs> Thank God um, for um, you know uh, Anissa and the Pierce sisters getting getting some info. Um, so yeah, overall, that was my my biggest takeaway. Um, Khalil's a lot of fun. He's a mu- he's much more fun now that he's potentially getting his own spinoff than he ever was before he left (laughs) thank god that he was able to like get therapy off screen and stop wallowing in his own uh uh misery so blessings on that um i did really like gambi and lauren i liked that gambi like genuinely apologized and was like hey listen i know i did some things wrong but other things i was trying to help and this is how i will continue to help and lauren was like Okay, you know, mm, I'll, I'll give you, like, a trial run. We'll see how this goes. Uh, so I like them. Poor Uriah. But uh, JJ at least got, knew that, got to find out that he did like her, not just Lightning, and got a half of a cute date. So yay for her. And now both Khalil and TC are, you know, back just, like, they have the, the path open to her case she'd like to go or five of them would you know if khalil would like to speak words to her at all and if tc would like to give it a go we will find out which one she would choose between the two of them um but either way i would i would not be mad i would not be mad if she gets back with khalil so that she could be on the spin-off if spinoff exists and i would not be mad if she and tc have a cute little you know drive off into the sunset happy ending maybe um, she won't
2: have to choose prediction prediction oh polyamory or that <laughs> that ball of light that she left up in the atmosphere <laughs> oh, before. Yeah, that's
1: true, that's true. We still we have not we still have to deal with that. Um yeah, and aside from that, you know, I think that finally shaping up to know officially what Tobias's plans are with Freeland, where he's going with this little group that he has to be a part of. Um and even the however he's gonna have a showdown, even though Jefferson doesn't have his powers back yet, so I'm like, what kind of showdown are we gonna have? But I'm sure that we'll figure that out along the way. So, so yeah, um, for a show that is winding down in the last couple episodes, um, I thought this was a pretty good episode to get us there. What did not bring joy?
0: Um, the fact that they killed off Uriah, I was not happy about that at all. Because it's just upsetting. Like, I don't see why they had to go that route with a couple of episodes left. Like, I don't... A, I don't want to see Jen having to mourn uh, a boyfriend, a potential boyfriend. Someone she liked and really connected with for the next, you know, the last two episodes. That is unnecessary. And Uriah was a good dude. Like, he really didn't have to go out like that. And it's just upsetting that they would even, like, introduce him for a few episodes build up this ship and then just kill him off and I know that they're always trying to go for like realism or have consequences with the people that the Pierces interact with that will also hurt those loved, their loved ones so they're like oh well we can't kill off the Pierces let's kill off somebody they know and this just upsets me and I think that <laughs> he's just a wasted character I really did like him and he had so much potential um, but he didn't have to He didn't have to die at all. And also Jeff coming out of nowhere to ask Lynn to marry him. Like, sir, (laughs) you guys had so many issues before. And yes, you were maybe on the path to getting back together in like season one maybe season two but they have not <laughs> been on the same page forever and it's like why would you bring this up out of out of the blue because like it they're nearing the last you know episode and they're like well we got to get him back together but we don't really know how so we'll just make Jeff jealous and then he'll realize that he wants to be the one who always saves Lynn and then he'll just up and ask her to marry him again like it's caveman like, mentality <laughs> yeah and it just it made no sense and it took me I was like what the hell is he doing it was just so random and i don't feel like it was even an earned moment like there was nothing for them like as a a as people who were in a relationship they didn't build up the relationship to the point where it's like if you did ask her finally at the end of the season i would be like yes hell yes you guys need to get married again but no like the writing has just been so bad for them and all they've done is fight so i just it felt it came out of nowhere and i don't like
2: it yeah, it was just like the dumbest thing for him to say. <laughs> I, yeah, it was not great that that's where his mind jumped to. And I feel like the fact that he jumped to that point because Keith was in the picture um, just is further proof why they don't need to get remarried at all. Um, I was offended <laughs> when the writers, so I was like, writers, I don't like Uriah and JJ. And they're like, bet, okay. <laughs> Say less, we'll get rid of him. And I was like, that's not, not, no, that's not what I was trying to, to get at. Like, what was the point of introducing him? If you're going to you do all this. that to kill him. Yeah, if you're going to kill him, like, what was the point of introducing him and, like, building up this relationship between him and J.J.? Um, what exactly did J.J. learn <laughs> not to get involved? Like, speaking of full circle moments, like, the series started out with Jen's potential boyfriend getting shot and paralyzed at an event that she brought him to. And now, seriously, oh with my her god, you right. Boyfriend being shot and dying because someone was aiming for her. It's just like, I don't think that's the parallel that y'all are going for. Um, I just wanted him out of the way. He could have graciously bowed out. Like, he, we could have done the whole, like, he was more interested in lightning than me. So we, I, I figured that out and we have, like, parts different ways and then not kill him off or something. I don't know. Like, this, the chemistry was fine, but I just, like, if you weren't gonna do anything with the ship, then just why why do it at all? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know why they killed Uriah. I thought was and I agree that was not very good, <coughs> Excuse me. You were excused. Just like Uriah is excused from life from this earth. <laughs> yes, oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> god. Uh, but yeah, it was so it was it was incredibly <laughs> unnecessary. I don't think it added anything to the story. It was not Chekhov's gun. I mean Unless it like fires Jen up all over again, but I feel like Jen has been pretty fired up. Like yeah, she's not anymore. Like charging for better, firing up. So yeah, it is. It was kind of random, and that was definitely like the biggest flaw, Uh, the fly in the ointment. Uh, I don't really like. Yes, obviously Jefferson proposing to Lynn was just ridiculous. I was actually for like a second when he did it. I was like, wait a second, what the hell did I miss? Why are we even at a marriage proposal again? Is it just because we talked last week about how we have no idea how they're going to get back together? So the writers were like, screw it. Let's just get them back together. Um, Thankfully, thankfully, Lynn said no. But when he asked or when he said, let's get married and get remarried, I was like, excuse me? This is so, like, the fact that you would even think that that's something you should ask right now is just like... romantic (laughs) in possible way. Right, right. I don't know what the writers were thinking of that. So that was just so dumb. But speaking of romances, um... I feel like we left off on a very like precarious or like important place with Thunder Grace.
0: And oh, then yeah.
1: this episode exactly. was like, no, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> what is Thunder Grace? <laughs> exactly. So I was I was waiting, you know, to pick up to to pick up or to for the other shooter drop or whatever you call that expression in this episode, and it <laughs> did not happen at all. So okay. Um do we have feedback? Yes
0: we do. Feedback from several people. Let me pull up my emails. Paulina and Suara. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Paulina says, Khalil will be breaking necks on the regular these days, and I'm here for it. (laughs) They really give Khalil the best choreographed fight scenes they really do Jen cannot catch a break what was the need for this show to kill off Uriah right when Jen decided to go on a date with him it would actually have been less predictable if they had kept him alive given how many black people they murder especially to get back at Jen just for existing with her powers Agent Mason possessed possessed gave me get out vibes the whole time so when he said that he felt like he just been in get out I cackle <laughs> nice to see the whole Pierce family in scenes together felt like old times for a moment there it really did um, tired of the show having characters like Confederate Barbie spew anti-black racist vitriol at black characters. We all know Looker is a disgusting racist. We don't need to explicitly have slavery imagery evoked again just for the hell of it. Uh, granted, painkiller infecting Looker was exactly the type of content I wanted to see. Khalil only giving her half the antidote to keep her alive was less satisfying, but I know they got to use her to get to vice. Uh, Jefferson and Lynn have been a mess this season. They're still a mess. How are they going <laughs> to go from yelling at each other to Jefferson going, let's get remarried? Can y'all talk things out first? <laughs> um, Grace wasn't in this episode, which probably means we're not going to see the tension between her and Issa actually resolved. The show will just pretend that conflict never happened. I'm sick of the show refusing to give Thunder Grace their deserved screen time to develop and to talk and to properly make up after the conflict. Uh, Most shows struggle with them making their season-long villains compelling or strong enough. And they also randomly nerf their heroes to to give these villains plot force when you'd expect the hero to take them out in one blow. Black Lightning's problem with Tobias is that they spent too much time on him and he's become too strong and too smart. It's actually hard to believe that the heroes can win against him. Guess all I I really have to look forward to is Thunder Grace's wedding reception. At least I'm getting that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Paulina, for your thoughts. And we have Suarez feedback. He says, uh, Black Lightning was okay. This episode felt like a continuation of the painkiller pilot, right as we should be focusing on concluding the stories of the Pierces in a satisfactory manner. I will say, though, it is indeed uh, gauging more interest in me for the painkiller spinoff which I guess is the intended effect <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that Lynn and Jefferson were on better terms this episode at least but but the way the relationship generally this season has been written was such an uncoordinated mess along with the seemingly dropped subplot of Lynn spying on Tobias I also hated what happened to Uriah it was beyond unnecessary seriously what was the point of that and grace was completely missing this episode Uh, honestly i don't understand why she was upgraded to series regular only for this to be how she's utilized i really can't believe the show's ending like this i'm sorry to say but it's honestly ending with a whimper and not a bang who knows maybe the last two episodes will be great but i have very low expectations to be honest and i really hate them sad times thank you everyone for your feedback nonetheless
1: fears for fears yeah, it definitely does. In general, like the show had so much potential in the first season, and so now mm-hmm. it is a little bit like oh. Mm. But do we have any um predictions for the next few episodes before the end?
2: Well, I mean that one that I was talking about is like yes. Jen was like her her powers are off. When she went up there, she left a piece of herself up there. So you know, if it's she could either go and get it back, obviously, but they could also make two of her. <laughs> oh. And then she can go in all kinds of directions. But oh my
1: god. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. oh my god, that reminds me of Doctor Who. All right. Anyway. So <laughs> Rose gets a doc Rose gets a doctor, and then the doctor just goes off on his mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um so side B, Iris is right, slash touchstone, starting with. <laughs> the Flash. Um, Nora tells Iris and Barry that they created the other forces and vows to kill Psyke and Dion. Uh, Barry wants to travel back in time and remove their connection to the forces. But Iris disagrees because those are their babies. Sisko mm-hmm. uh, gives Camilla a camera that can detect those forces. And that shows a connection between them and Iris, which allows Team Citizen to try to track Nora down. Barry, Sisko, and Chester enhance the Tachyon device to extract the Force's particles before Barry retrieves Harrison from to create a time bubble in order to protect the timeline when he goes back. Um, but realizing Barry's intentions, Dion destroys the device. Meanwhile, during Team Citizen Search, instead of finding Nora, they are ambushed by Psyche, who gives Iris nightmares and makes her feel like she's not a good mom or won't be a good mom because she never had a mom. Um... Chester fixes the device while Joe tries to dissuade Barry from killing his children. But Barry and Wells go back in time regardless. The extraction revives Alexa and erases Psyche and Dion in the present. But Barry then, at the last second, destroys the device and reverses the effect in order to undo the changes because he realizes Iris was right, as Iris always is. Even though, like, nothing really, like, proved it, it was just, like, he felt it, like, his dad feeling. He, like, he, he, he <laughs> saw creation. Yeah. He was like, oh my god, yeah, I kind of like this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Caitlin lets them know Alexa's re- that was being revived, so Barry and Iris use the power of love and their connection to the forces to fully revive her. Uh, Wells leaves once more. Cisco and Camilla realize they both need to leave Central City for reasons, and Nora confronts Dion. I'm like, if he dies all over again, I'm gonna be so bad. But it was a cliffhanger, so we'll find out. What brought joy?
2: I think if he's smart, he'll he'll run. <laughs> run away. He can do that. Um this episode, first of all, Kristen Kim was a writer on this episode.
1: Oh hey Kristen Kim. Good good job.
2: Yeah. It's one of your better ones, Kristen.
1: <laughs> Rare praise. For Kristen <laughs> Kim, rare praise
2: for Kristen. <laughs> we hate on her so much. <laughs> but I, I liked. Um, I thought it was interesting that they they broke it off into like boys versus girls, um, with Team Barry and Team Iris, and the girls definitely rolled and the boys rolled. Um, I, cause I, you know, first of all, like Iris, you know, making a, the point about how you can't just like throw away something just because, you know, you failed this one time. And so I liked her going in and trying to track down Nora and talk it out. It's kind of interesting because um, I also said this on Twitter, um, seeing the differences in their styles because Barry is super reactionary and emotional. And as soon as one thing goes wrong, he's just like, just throw it away. Throw that plan away. We're going to plan B right now. Um, whereas Iris will stick through something and go through – All of the different options on this one idea all the way to the very end to see if something will work. It's why she stayed with Eddie, even though it was a failed relationship for so long. And it's why she (laughs) (laughs) didn't give up on her own daughter Nora. It's, It's why she's not giving up on Speed Force Nora now. Um, so I really liked Team Citizen's side of it and all the girls trying to like rally together and using um Camilla's camera like Cisco didn't know it before that he was team citizen but he was because he gave Camilla a huge advantage of giving her that camera and allowing them to like track the different forces um so it was really good for that and um them kind of like banding together to get to, to Nora I like that it led them back to Barry's childhood home um just because Barry had a child home that was not with the West and I like that it's, you know, <laughs> Speed Force Nora is still drawn to that because, you know, um, I had a conversation with this on, on a Flash podcast about, like, why does it have to be Nora? Um, why does it have to be Barry's dead mother? Um, because there's, you know, it's still, like, even though, like, Iris is right, she is, Iris is kind of, like, relying heavily on the fact that this woman looks like Barry's mother, and she's very emotional about it to the point that she's not not entirely rational, Um, so there is, there is that kind of like parallel or difference between her and Barry as well and how they view the Speed Force. Um, but the Speed Force being connected to Barry and being so personal to him and being personal to us, um, the, the fact that Nora, the Speed Force took on Nora's form before. And so I think from all those times, it obviously has Nora's thoughts and feelings about Barry, And now that she she has human emotions because she's been reborn through Barry and Iris's love, you know, all of that is like messing with her, including her memories of Nora's memories of Barry. So it's all kind of like jumbled up together and leading her back to where it all began. Um, I like that, you know, Iris confronted Psyche and didn't fall victim to his mind games. Um, Obviously, they they do this weird thing with the writers where they put Iris in these situations where people, like, have they have other characters or versions of herself tell her that she's horrible. And we're like, no, she's not. <laughs> but I like, you know, again, like, it's always good that she doesn't believe those versions of people telling her that she's horrible. And I like that she was able to break out of it because, like, she didn't spend three months in the Mirrorverse to put up with this bullshit. So <laughs> I like that she was able to break through that. Um, I like the, just the visuals of the close-up look of the speed forces, because it's a really pretty, um, visual of all of those colors, like, blending together, like, when Barry, like, put his, like, isotopic sperm back up in the atmosphere, like, go, create, and you know, it was just, like, really <laughs> pretty to look at. Um, <laughs> um, Timeless Wells was surprisingly refreshing in the episode, you know, some rest did Tom Cavanaugh, well, and well's well as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like Joe's speech to Barry about your kids and um, just not giving up on them if they are not, you know, going in the direction that you thought that they should be going or whatever um, that you just have to keep trying and keep trying to reach them. Um, Barry didn't want to hear any of that. (laughs) It was a very beautiful speech. By Joe, and I like the the comparisons um, that he drew to like Wally and how their relationship didn't start in the best of places, but now that they are um, have a very good relationship, and it's because Joe didn't give up on Wally. Um, comically, <laughs> the tension between when Dion like sussed out like I don't know the 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 connection to Barry brought him into Star Labs, and it's just like really funny because Barry doesn't know Dion. Dion doesn't know Barry. (laughs) And and so it's like um, that office gift where like all three of them are like having like the guns pointed at each other, just like waiting for someone else to move. There's a lot of like tension in there. And it's really funny because there's it was like in the middle of all this confusion about who are you? (laughs) So that was that was pretty that was pretty funny. Um, And I like seeing him again because I think Dion's probably the favorite of the forces for me. Um, He's the most interesting. Um, Obviously, didn't like Barry and Iris disagreeing. So I liked the end where they came back and was like, You were right, no, you were right. I don't leave me again. Da, da, da. <laughs> and like their West Allen hug um it was really nice seeing them back together. And then obviously like Alexa undying. And I'm I'm glad you, you said it in your recap um a way that makes sense because I think for a lot of people that was also confusing. Like how did they bring her back to life? But I feel like, you know, when he took it out, then all of them were dying. And then when he, like, restarted it, it kind of, like, jump-started Alexa because she has right. to, like, re- revive because he restarted the thing. And so, yeah, I think that helps some kind of way. And Like a defibrillator, like when you flatline, you have to
0: boop. If right. the lightning took her yeah. life, then the
1: lightning
2: can yes. give her It'd life once more. Brought
1: you into this world, take you out again and bring you back. <laughs> yeah.
2: So all of all of that was was pretty good
0: yeah those were all beautiful thoughts um i also really liked team citizen like finally they're getting something to do on their own and it was really nice because like they get together and they're like what are we gonna do i just like i have a plan and i just keep like walking <laughs> that's so great um and i do like that they use the camera to like kind of sync with iris's energies to find to attempt to find nora and i like because i was i was not expecting them to use that to reintroduce psych back into the story because i know that we have like next week's synopsis or something like that like psych threatens iris's life i was like but how why (laughs) and i'm like i i see now um so that moment was really good and i think that it ties back together what was going on with like Cisco's fears and Barry's fear dreams and now we get Iris's fear dreams um except I also like that she got to actually break out of them on her own uh it was really great and like a powerful moment seeing to like what some of her fears even were cuz we know that like it was interesting cuz she was like following um Nora you know Speed Force Nora who is has the guise of like Barry's mom and she was trying to find the mom in you know where the mom would usually go to her child's old room but then she was like feeling these fears of you know like we've seen so- sort of with Nora about like her fear of her herself not being a good mother in season five because um, yeah what happened with her mom and I like that they sort of brought that back Um even though she was in a situation where it's like being thrown in her face, but she's like, no, this is not real. And then she like, you know, got out of it. So I really liked all that. I think it's important to continue seeing that development for her. Um, and just ha- having her have like individual storyline that isn't like, she's stuck in, she's at star, um, God, I can't talk, star laps. Um, so all those great. And I really like the fact that, you know, she did come, like, they came back together, but it was not that, she, that Iris was wrong. Obviously, she was right, and Mary knows that she was right, but also, like, her realizing that, like, she doesn't, she didn't see the whole situation or, like, mm-hmm. yeah. parts of it. So, I think that was also important um, that they were both, like, tackling it they were both handling the situation very differently, but they were also not seeing the whole other's point of view and together. Yeah. They did. So I think that was really important. Um, as for like Barry's side of the story, I like that, you know, he didn't have to go back. Like I like the point where he does go back with timeless Wells and we see what, old wells was actually looking at when they were there in that moment because i'm like what the hell is he staring at
2: i'm glad it was like he's like oh it's thawne
0: I was like yeah no it's
2: just himself this is much better let's keep thawne out of it
0: yeah so that was great i like that like for the first time they they got to you know time travel and not actually mess anything up which was nice they're like let's figure out a way not to fuck up a timeline again because we know you know you've done that several times. We're not going to do it again. It's just going to give everyone a headache. We already rebooted the universe with the crossover. We don't need this too. Um so that was really great. Like you said, you know, the visual of all of the forces was really pretty. And I think like I mean Barry was so taken with it too. He's like, "I will just stand here and look up for One a long time." A <laughs> it's so beautiful. This is what Iris and I created. <laughs> um so that was really great too. And I like it the fact that even though Cisco didn't agree with Barry and he's like, yeah, Iris is right. Like, I don't feel good doing this without her consent. <laughs> um, but he's like, you know, I, I have your back too. So I'm going to be here even though I still don't like it, but I'm going to stay here anyway. <laughs> so all of that was great. I think especially Alexa, like I'm so glad that she's not dead anymore because yeah. that was devastating. So the fact that they could bring her back and sort of have yeah. all the forces together again is really fantastic. Um, and I agree. I'm like,
1: dead yet? Mm-hmm.
0: Yay. I know. And Dion, I agree. Like, he is one of the more interesting ones of the four so far. Just, and we haven't really seen Syke's face yet either. So he has, I think he has. He's like that rebellious, uh, you know, yeah, child. Yeah, he's like
2: the angry child <laughs> of, like, of, of the forces. You can't stop but me, Dad. Like Nora has to be like the angry. Nora is, like, the only child that
0: wanted to stay an only child. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got four siblings. What? <laughs> yeah, so all of that was great. I think for the most part, it was a pretty entertaining episode. Uh,
1: yeah, I definitely agree. I thought it was uh, a much more entertaining episode than I would have expected previously. I thought they did a nice job. Um with explaining and exploring the concept of the forces as the children of West Allen, (laughs) even though it's like cheesy and like that goes along with being, you know, Chris and Kim territory, but they managed to make it, you know, fun. And also, you know, it was sweet as well, especially like Iris being, um, so protective of, you know, and determined to prove that they could talk down Nora or just any of the forces. And then, and then Joe, Joe's speech was really nice, too, when Joe was talking about, like, how you have to help you, you shape your kids into what they know they can be rather than just, like, being disappointed in who they exactly, are now. <laughs> exactly. Um, that was very sweet. I liked that he brought, like, gave Wally a shout out. Thank you. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, my son was racing, drag racing or whatever it's called. And I still loved him. <laughs> Or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was very cute, um, and I did of course you know I always love when Iris is right. So the fact that Barry came around, even with like the bare minimum, happened, and he was like, "No, Iris is right. You know what? I've pursued this as long as I can." <laughs> okay, I you know it's done. kind
2: of every every situation. <laughs> Barry is always team fuck them kids, like <laughs>
1: consistently. <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> Barry does not care about the kids. He is not. He is not stay together for the kids. He's just here for the Iris. It's fine. Um, <laughs> In fact, he like keeps the kids for Iris, right? He's like, "All right, stay with the kids for Iris." Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's I am so super glad that Alexa made it out alive. Um, and you know, I'm glad was like a middle ground too, where Iris did also see like, okay, I can't just like sweet talk Nora into not being an asshole. <laughs> Nora's just an asshole. Um, so, but it's okay because Nora's not their kid. Um But I I'm um, looking forward to seeing you know where they're gonna go with that. I thought that it was nice to see Camilla, and it was nice that we got a Team Citizen team up that was Camilla, Iris, and Allegra. You know, yes. and it's just like OG Team Citizen, if you will. <laughs> 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 and and but I, feel I like they
0: acknowledge it is Team Citizen because Cisco's like, yeah, what are you gonna tell Team Citizen? I was like, yes. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, and I, I did like um, Iris facing down her fear, and that we got a Francine shout out, shout out kind of by like the absence of Francine, Francine, but still it was there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I do I do think Dion is like, well Allegra, Allegra, Alexa, names too similar. Alexa, I'm gonna be like Game of Thrones, like, <laughs> no, we're renaming her because her name is too similar to Allegra. We cannot have two similar names. But anyway um alexa is probably my favorite of the forces but dion is definitely more interesting than psych and definitely less annoying than nora so <laughs> yay <laughs> dion, <anyway. laughs> um but yeah it was it was fun to see him again and you know that was a good cliffhanger because i was concerned for his life at the very end there so good job flash i guess normally their cliffhangers are stupid and this time I was like, run, bitch, run! <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is good. Also, you know, I did, even though it's annoying to me that I can't get the actress that plays Tess again, it is nice to see a world where Harrison is just, like, on the couch watching Soaps with Tess or whatever he was doing, you know? Um, and that he's very happy with that life. And that that could have been, you know, his life had things gone <laughs> correctly the first time. So you know, I'm happy for him, and that's a that's a that's a fun, fine send off um, for yeah. me. I feel like OG
0: Wells is just like Tom Cavanaugh. That's it.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. He's <laughs> like, I will
0: chill here on the couch with my little rolled up pants. We'll just have a good time.
1: Exactly. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but I'm happy to help you with your adventure, and then go back to my couch. <laughs> so yeah, very nice. Um, and it was nice that his speeches, or you know, his attitude, if you will. About his wife and you know, being doing what makes him happy and being with who he loves for whatever time, etc., et etc, cetera, et cetera, inspired Cisco for his final, you know decision at the end, quote unquote, which we I will talk about in the next part. So uh, what did not bring joy?
2: Well, we can start there with like Cisco and Camilla's decision to leave Central city, because like how like how what? it was so rushed. I don't see how, like, Camilla, you got a job here, but you're already like, I don't think I'm going to go to San Francisco. Like, you just started at The Citizen. And, you know, so her reasoning was a little bit
0: And it was just for, like, an exhibit, shoddy. right? It wasn't, like, yeah, a, a job exhibit. job. It's not a right. job. <laughs> it was really just, like, a
2: visit. It was going to be a visit. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what was, I mean, and if it, if this decision is coming from her PTSD from the Mirrorverse, we didn't get to see any of that because she wasn't on the show. So that still is just, like, shoddy writing there and then Cisco's he in this synopsis it said that he told her about his greatest fear and in the show he did not (laughs) (laughs) so I still don't know like the whole speech from Wells to Cisco about being with one that's nice but they could do that in Central City Mm -hmm. so you know like I was saying earlier you know if he was thinking about like I don't want to do this anymore I feel like I need to move on. Maybe decide build my own tick empire. That would be a reason and motivation for him to go. If it is something that's in his dream that Psych showed him, and if he stayed, Camilla's gonna die. That would be a reason to go. But we don't know what his vision is. So, you know, it's kind of hard to say why they it just felt like very odd that this was the time they decide, you know what? We're gonna leave. <laughs> and that was that. Um, maybe they will will figure out what the reasoning is later. But it just doesn't feel a
0: three forces now. He needs to yeah, get it it doesn't, feel
2: <laughs> it doesn't feel earned at the moment, or you know why that they would want to, to go. Barry being just so hard headed, and it's it's past the usual of you know, well, Irish just doesn't think it's the right idea, but everybody else is on board. No one is on board with his plan of killing three people (laughs) for his speed force mom. Um, So the fact that Iris leaves Cisco says, I really don't feel comfortable. This is like Barry's like right-hand man. Cisco's like, I don't feel comfortable. His wife is not comfortable. His best friend is not comfortable. Joe is not comfortable. Joe is like, look, you should not be rushing to undo all these people just because they're not behaving in the way that you wanted them to behave. It was a beautiful speech. And then he still went and did it. Like he didn't get to there and was like, you know what, I, you know, maybe Iris is right. Maybe I should hold off. Or he didn't even consider another way that didn't involve them dying and nor not killing any of them. So like just the fact that he had to go all the way to actually doing that and then seeing like the forces and be like the 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 light sky and be like oh this is how babies are made okay I think I want one
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know and that
2: was like, <laughs> come on we didn't have to like be mad at Barry this whole episode for him to get the moral of the story um Iris not finding Nora at Barry's house I felt like that was because I really wanted her to at least fi- if it ends on a cliffhanger or whatever or Nora like doesn't listen and leaves again and then we find it's like fine but I just felt like you know we spent all this time with the girls trying to find Nora it's a little disappointing that they didn't actually find her um and then just in general like the child references I get it because like it's obvious that that was what was happening um but I think they were a little bit sloppy with the child references because like why would Psyche like, know Iris is his quote-unquote force mom when he was never part of like the conversations when when that kind of parallel or suggestion was brought up that Barry Iris birthed the forces so i think that was a little bit sloppy um Nora like i said i feel like she's an only child like she she's always had just Barry to herself and now that they've been reborn she's reborn with like three other people and she's like i don't like this <laughs> and then the fact that you know as a god and i People are trying to like argue on Twitter whether Iris was right or, or not, and about how well she's a god. She shouldn't have to blah blah blah. Look, like, well, if she wants to be a god, then she can go back to her god realm. You were on Earth, mm-hmm. young lady. So on Earth, we have right from wrong. We don't kill people. So if she wants to be on Earth, just follow Earth rules. It's like <laughs> if you want to live in my house, you have to live by my rules. <laughs> 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 but like you know, it, it doesn't make sense for her, if she's going to have like these human emotions or whatever, her Barry to be forced to have to placate her and whatever, because once these forces are killed, if he had gone back and undid them, it's just going to be something else. Like she's not going to, I highly doubt that she feels like the need to go back up to being um, a bodiless force again. She, she's probably going to stay around. So like the next time something happens, what are they going to do to make her not be angry? it's easier to teach her these are your emotions and these are how to use them instead of him having to like run and pick up mistakes so that she doesn't like kill people or do something that doesn't agree with with what she's feeling because she doesn't know how to process how she's feeling so um just, i think the met that was like annoyance at the fandom kind of of being like well he was right to undo these people because if it hadn't been if it, iris had been like well maybe we should undo this no one in the fandom would be like on board with this problem everyone would hate iris for suggesting that so the fact that barry was wrong and people are just like it, because it's barry they're like well iris is wrong it's like no she kind of wasn't wrong in that point so that that's kind of like annoying
0: so yeah yeah. I mean, Barry was definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because it the whole argument that this episode was trying to make through Barry was basically like, well, you know, mistakes were made and we need to, like, take them back. But you can't – like, these are also people that you're affecting. It's not yeah. just these forces, like forces of nature.
2: Forces of nature that took over people. Yeah. Nora yes. – is a force in nature that took over a dead woman. Like, Mm -hmm. anyone should die. Like, she's not even, like, a person that is already existing.
0: Yeah, and she's being, like, I mean, honestly quite selfish. But (laughs) in terms of, like, these people, A, they just met them. B, you didn't even ask them whether they even want – It's like the whole meta-human cure thing. You can't just take people's powers away. You have to ask (laughs) – (laughs) You you have to actually ask them if that's what they want. And if that is what they want, then sure. Then you can consider like going back and actually removing that from, for them. But in like Barry as a speed force, you know, person who has used the speed force for many years now knows it better than anyone supposedly should be teaching the others and learning himself about the the forces, so that he can also help them utilize their own abilities, just like he, you know, did for himself. And people did helped him with his own powers. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what you should be doing, especially if they're gonna push this whole like father mother narrative. Then Barry's being a bad dad. <laughs> so that was not cool. Um, and I totally agree about the whole um, Cisco thing. It definitely was rushed. I I want I have to wonder if like they cut the scene I feel of like him like something the, the it dream. just didn't make sense it didn't unless they're like it's one of those synopses where like they're holding that part to the next one and somebody just miswrote it like they do with blacklining. i don't know but it would be very upsetting if we didn't find out because that was such a big deal that we didn't get to see you know his his vision his fear and to sort of have that not really play a role into him leaving doesn't make any sense um especially since it could have been something really pivotal, something crucial that would have made him rethink everything, sort of like how he had uh, a few episodes to kind of contemplate his life with his powers for a little bit. It wasn't as well done, but it was there. This sort of felt like it came out of nowhere, um, even though you've they've had like six episodes in the new storyline to actually – give that to the fans and like tell people what's going on with Cisco. So it does feel really abrupt. And like you said, you know, the whole Camilla thing is an exhibit. It's not a job job. San Francisco is like random. And um, it's
2: expensive to live it's
0: there. It's expensive. And it's like, I don't understand too, because it's like, he's very attached to central city. He's especially attached to team flash. This has been his whole life. So it would have been really nice to see like, what is, what does it look like for a, team member on a superhero team to suddenly decide like I want a regular life and this is why because I don't like the way that my life or my girlfriend's life has been put in jeopardy so many times she was in the mirror verse I've almost died several times like that would make sense it's like I'm gonna leave now so that this doesn't come true but we don't get that at all and it's just really like I don't know how it's gonna play out and I'm very concerned about that um so it's very unfortunate
1: yeah, I definitely think that the Cisco deciding to leave thing was such a just like letting it air out of the tire or something. It's just like, oh, OK. And <laughs> even uh, Camilla, too, because I, I would have thought um, Camilla's like at first Camilla like, oh, yeah, I'm going to San Francisco for for an exhibit or whatever the hell it was. Right. Um, and then he was like, yeah, cool. And it was just like not a big deal at all. I was Like, OK, I'm not going to ask you to come because I know you've got flash things to do. See you next weekend or whatever is what it sounded like, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get back after all of these conversations about how you know you gotta do what you love and be with the people that you love and you you know, like whatever, all this stuff. So I thought maybe like even if you ignore the fear stuff because clearly they don't care about the fear thing, <laughs> um, Camilla would be like, Oh my god, they actually offer me a job at whatever, you know, in San Francisco. And then she'd be like, Well, I guess I don't know what to do because you know, I wanna be with you. I know that you're not going to leave. And then he'd be like, no, I, I am going to leave because I want to be with you kind of thing. You know, like that would have been like, you know what? If you want to go, then I want to go. Not because I just randomly decided I had to leave Central City because Central City is just so lame. But because I want to be with whatever you, you wherever you are. <laughs> and I'm, kind of, been... I'm kind
2: of disappointed in in uh, Camilla and her lack of loyalty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey. I'm sure doesn't have very much money considering that she writes like one article a day. (laughs) She employs two people. I'm I'm sure Camilla, she would not be mad if Camilla found a job that pays her like a living wage. So, um, but yeah, I I thought it would be something like that at the bare minimum, you know, but instead it was like even more bare than that. It was literally just both came back and were like, I just felt today I had to get out of central city. I just thought, What's, like, a city that has fewer metas? Let's just go to that city, I guess. (laughs) Like, I don't know what they thought. So, yeah, that was a really, like, lame departure. Like, it's cute that they're going to go together and that they were excited that they both wanted to leave. But it was even just, like, it's not like they both decided... I want to leave somewhere else with you. It was like they all said, "I want to leave separately." Oh my god, that's so cool! We both want to leave. What if y'all want to leave in the same place? You <laughs> didn't cover this. That's true. Better. He's like, "Oh, thank God!" I was like, "What would have happened if?" You <laughs> <think> <laughs> right. Okay. Page. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been fun. So that was very strange. Um, anyway, aside from that, uh, I do I do agree that it would have been cooler for Iris to face down Nora than Psyche. Psyche, you know, like, or literally, this for like Nora to show up after that. Um, And Barry was being a little butt. But I wasn't (laughs) mad about it that much because I knew, like, I knew it wasn't going to, like, he wasn't going to actually erase them. And in the end, I was going to be right. So I was just like, ah, the delicious I told you so moment. But it was a little bit just like, what are you doing? But, like, it just didn't make sense that Barry would want to go that route. You'd think that. You'd go that far down that route. And so many people are like, I don't like this. Right, exactly. He definitely, I feel like he, like, the Barry we know would have, Come up with another, other ways first, those all fail. And then he's like, Oh my God, I guess we're gonna have to do this. And then, you know, Joseph not those days of the day. But whatever, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> do we have feedback? Oh, wait. of
0: course we do. <laughs> we have feedback from Anita, Paulina, Suara, and Sonia. We will start with Anita, who says, what a week to be watching The Flash. The knowledge that Carlos and Tom are leaving plus the music tribute to DMX in the final scene overhung the proceedings a little bit. But you know what? The cast is in their 30s now, marriages, births, and even one cast member, the guy who played young Barry in The Flashbacks, passed away last year. So, yeah, a lot has happened to them. Timeless gave The Flash a chance to get back on the rails, and for the most part, it did. It did. I really, at my core, can't blame the Speed Force for wanting to protect its own existence from three extremely powerful threats, but killing their human forms means she's got to be stopped. I did not expect Barry and Iris to go off in their separate ways to try and solve the same problem, but the fact that they did... Both come up short means the solution has to come from a United West Allen, the greatest superpower there is. You guys called it Iris and her husband, the Flash did birth the three forces. From the look of things, Sage and Still will be the problem kids while Fuerza uh emerges as the favorite. Mm-hmm. It is a hoot that Barry and Iris have birthed three whole forces of nature before their little speechers come along. You know, I was actually thinking about like how Nora speed force Nora is acting and whether like real little pissed that she Nora now has a don't sibling.
2: Like- like, girls named Nora don't like their mom, so I'm I'm hoping that boys <laughs> named Barry or Bartholomew love Iris.
0: <laughs> love. I was thinking about, like, real Nora and how, like, I wonder if she's going to, you know, she was an only child before, now no, she's how not. <laughs>
2: she'll, how she'll react to Bart.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. I mean, obviously, in this instance, she would have probably grown up with him, so. Yeah. Um, but still, it's like a fun parallel. <laughs> I hope we um, get a Tarazi
2: sibling-type vibe ooh, from them. That would be nice.
0: Um. What else does she say? Likes included a, a most refreshing talk with Joe about parenting. Honestly, who else is there to ask about? But the guy who has seen them all go through so much. West Allen got a hug. The fact that Wells was set, setting up snacks so he and Tess could drag their incompetent president for filth was kind of funny. <laughs> Only the president is supposedly off his meds. So are we making fun of the mentally imbalanced? The show sometimes. Very few dislikes, except that was a quick turnaround on the part of the speedforce Force Nora. Um, geez, you were all besties with Iris just the other day. Can you at least hear her out and trust her this once? I thought Barry was a little impatient with people who didn't immediately see things his way in a manner that was almost questioning their intelligence. Also, I can't wait for Iris's hair to grow out. This short, short bob is too severe and doesn't move like the one she had for season four. Oh, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's always arguing about her hair. (laughs) Her hair, her makeup, her wardrobe. <laughs> she says, I don't usually curb my hair, so I'll let it go. <laughs> Thank you, Anita. Um, Paulina says The forces plot is a hot mess. Mm, Interesting. Various, various thoughts here. (laughs) I don't think this show knows what the hell is doing with this one. And it's gotten super weird at this point. But I kind of appreciate how chaotic it is and that the show is bent on making it more chaotic. Might as well (laughs) own the chaos. Uh, Goth Speed Force Nora era. Here we (laughs) go. I don't even know what the Speed Force's deal is. Like, girl, is this self-preservation? Is this envy because you want to be the only force? Is this anger because your mom and dad who rebirthed you have other kids too, apparently?
2: Indeed, all of the
1: above.
0: <laughs> so, West <laughs> Allen went from an erased child to having four wild children whom they created with their love. The metaphors on that one are something else. At least it's excellent parenting practice before Bart and Nora show up. Are the forces gods or are they ordinary folks with human emotions? Make up your mind. Cisco what? backing Iris was nice. Three
2: or one, and yeah. and is the other.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, more of that content, thanks. West Allen's connection and spark brings back people to life. Now that's love, bitch. <laughs> 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 this was telling his parents of their children forces is weird as hell it's weird I don't know what else to say <laughs> not sure I like how they're setting up Cisco's departure hopefully we dig a bit deeper into that story and of course we gotta lose Camilla as well tragic times um Sonia says <laughs> speed force Nora is so scary like she doesn't even care that she doesn't she didn't just kill the strength force she killed the innocent girl the strength force was in and now she wants to do that to the others Barry and Isaac Le- My God, Barry and Iris (laughs) basically birthed a bunch of forces that are literally gods. Your fave couple couple could never (laughs) 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 Sobbing at the West Island angst and them not being on the same page with what to do with the forces was ugh. loving the convo uh, between Joe and Barry and also finally a mention of Wally. I feel like we haven't heard about him in so long. I also really like that they brought him brought up how resistant Wally was to having a relationship with Joe and how Joe never gave up on having a relationship with him. Timeless Wells watching what I believe is the West Wing, <laughs> as he brought up President Bartlett. Like, yes, one of my fave shows. This season was how was now this season has now brought us this right is now. us, Brooklyn mm-hmm. Yes, uh Brooklyn 99 and the West Wing, all of which I have watched. That is a good point. It has actually made a lot of TV references this season. Um Barry's plan of stopping the forces from ever uh being made in the first place is dumb, but so is Iris' plan about trying to get through to the forces because she's like their mom or whatever. <laughs> 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 well, Alexa was definitely innocent and didn't want to do things uh, do the things she was doing Dion and Psyche really are not <laughs> poor Iris and seeing her fear of not being a, a good mom and also they finally mentioned Francine again and had that contribute to her fear as she didn't have a mother figure in her life Gladberry and Iris are finally on the same page and it must have been really cool for Barry to watch the forces being made and I hope Dion will be okay after being confronted by Nora same and finally we have Suara who says dun 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 this was a superb episode of The Flash. Even though I thought the parenthood aspect was a little forced, forced, haha.
1: <laughs>
0: I felt it was overall strong, uh, strong and compellingly done. The West Allen at the heart of this episode drove the narrative. Even when they were apart for the most of it, they can can't literally. Sorry, they can literally create and revive life. Alexa is risen. Your ship could never. Their power. <laughs> I love them so much. Nora Force was terrifying this episode and Michelle continues to brilliantly play this role. I actually appreciated Wells this episode too. Actually useful and far less annoying. I know, amazing, <laughs> especially after Nash. Um and it looks like Cisco will be going to San Francisco with Camilla. I'm glad it's ultimately happy ending, but Sai, Cisco, and Carlos deserve so, so much better from the show. Oh, and bless the show for giving us such minimal ripoff Elsa after that calamity last week. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was part of neither team. She was just like, I'm just going to sit in a medical bay. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you, everyone.
1: Beautiful, beautiful work. <laughs> and now we move on to predictions. Predictions,
0: predictions. I have none this week.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't really got nothing <laughs> either. No. Well, that was fun. All right. <laughs> so next up is Supergirl. <clears throat> Kara and Zorel are attacked by. Is that her dad's name? Is it el Anyway. Kara and her dad her are exactly. P- <laughs> <laughs> While is. Kara, and... child of zor maybe that's how they <laughs> do yeah, their exactly. last names. I think that is how they do them. I just thought that for some reason, like because it's not like Kal-el is Kal-el, not Kal, not Jor-el, Kal-Jor-el. Kal-Jor-el. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, maybe well, this only like, for the girls. I'm I don't stupid. know. Sexism. Yeah. What. No. No, no, I'm not stupid. You're right. It is sexism. It is sexism. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I was right. Are attacked by phantoms while escaping, and Kara experiences a fear vision of her friend's death. Um, Barry, Brainy, and Nia return with Kara's DNA, and John transforms the tower into a spaceship, departing for the Phantom Zone, while Magan stays behind to defend National City. Kelly teaches everybody how to overcome fear visions, leading John and Alex to argue over who is more suited to retrieve Kara. A phantom breaches containment, causing everybody to experience fear visions. Alex sees herself getting infected by a phantom and sacrificing herself to draw the phantoms away. Lena sees a Kelpie, a mythical creature that drowns everyone on board. Callie sees her friends infected and doubting her strength and her screen time. Nia sees Brainy being sucked out of the ship after failing to interpret her dreams. John and Brainy are unaffected because they're aliens. Okay. And are able to force the phantom back <laughs> that into Nia. containment. Exactly. That's why I was like, Mia's a daily. But anyway, I feel I feel like some of I feel like sometimes they just think that Nia is a psychic like human. But anyway, um and they force the phantoms back into containment. Or the phantom back into containment. Ending the fear visions. Zorel reminds Akara that she is a beautiful tropical fish full of strength and power. Allowing her and her dad to fly to the tower with the sun bomb, repelling the phantoms. Unknown to everyone, Nixley survived the building's destruction and she stows away on top of the tower. What did we like?
0: My chaotic villain. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Love that she escaped. Love that she's still
0: alive. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say because she was only in the episode at the end. Uh, other, elsewhere in the episode, I did really enjoy the fact that. Kelly specifically got like really great stuff to shine because, like, we saw her vision or her fears, rather. um, We didn't really get to delve into much. Because she broke out of it. So I'm so proud of her. Um, And she delivered like a great speech to Alex to sort of get her out of it as well. I think that like AZ did a fantastic job with that. She was very like, I will be your lightning rod, Alex, snap out of it. (laughs) Um, Which was uh, amazing to watch. And I think she did a really, really great job with that. Um, And also Lena's specific uh, fear about like... We mentioned they mentioned her mom in previous like seasons, but I think they really didn't have her talk about it too much. And this episode really had her sit down with those feelings, with those fears of drowning, and like that little backstory about uh, the the folk tale that her mom used to tell her growing up, and also like the fact that she bonded about mothers with Nia, who had also lost her mother, and like they sort of had that, you know, sorrow to to talk about and also someone who understood where they were both coming from which was really nice and heartfelt i think it was like a really strong moment for them and just um what else what else Mm. Just the fact that like the ship or the the tower itself suddenly transforms into a ship like I don't understand why but it is what it is and I think that's really cool and I think that finally like after so long it did feel somewhat satisfying that the, the whole team was together and that they were actually going to rescue Kara after just like kind of talking about rescuing Kara for very long and not doing anything else <laughs> so that we can all move on with our lives and the season. So that was great for them. And the fact that like, they were all together and, you know, Brainy freaking out over balloons was really funny. And I think that like sort of speaks to his, inner turmoil and stress because he has like a lot of emotions and all the balloons sort of signify the various emotions that he has and that he can't sort of control. And they're always flying away. (laughs) So I thought that was really clever. um, Even though they played it for laughs. Um, What else? I like the final moment where like Kara, you know, is worried about her friends obviously dying, coming to save her in which they almost did. But she was just as she was starting to lose hope, a ship appears out of the sky and, like, she's so happy that, you know, her family is coming to save her. And I thought that was a really, really great moment. Even though the reunion scene was, like, five seconds long, I did really like the hug that um, Kara and Alex had. Because I think, like, you felt a lot of emotions in it, um, even though it was very short-lived.
2: Yeah. Um, I liked then this episode that Kelly and Lena, the only two non-superpowered people and the two people that feel the most insecure about what benefit they could bring to a team of super friends, are the only two that are able to successfully like conquer their nightmare realms. Um, I think that says something a lot about the kind of value that they have as like people and what they can bring um, and that they should believe in themselves more. I like the ground. Kelly's like grounding te- techniques and the tips that she taught to the team to like prep the team. Like, okay, team, and she's like, like you know, the commander of of like all all the the little super friends. Like, this is how we're gonna do this, and this is like her her like field of specialty. Um, I like that, and I like that those came into play especially for Lena. And not only that, she was able to calm herself down enough to recognize that this wasn't real, but that she also kind of like had a mini therapy session and, and talk through herself through like her feelings about like her mother's death and what the Kelpie represented and why she would punish herself with that um, particular story um, because of how, she, you know, the unresolved feelings of watching her mother drown and being helpless, do anything about it. Um, so I, and I like that that was brought up for her. Like, it's coming back around to that. Um, Cause I thought we were going to get somewhere with it last season Um, with Leviathan, but then Lex does what Lex does and, like, steals all of Lena's storylines and her toys. (laughs) Um, So now hopefully, I guess, prediction light, her mom will come back into play um, beyond this dream thing. Um, But I also like that she, like you said, like her and Nia got to bond over that and form, like, a little bit of a relationship. Um, So that was really nice. I loved Kelly being so strong mentally in her own dream and recognizing, you know, this is a dream, this is fear, and that she uses her techniques. And she was so strong mentally and and how she was playing it that it forced the Phantom to have to break what it was doing and redirect the scenario in order to keep Kelly in the fear realm because she was so strong with her conviction that it broke out Alex i not real Alex like the Finn was like oh shit <laughs> and had to like redirect her to something else to like continue on with with the scenario and even in that scenario Kelly was like I'm not leaving here and we get the guardian foreshadowing with the shield so all of that is great stuff for Kelly and I, re- I really enjoyed it a lot even though they still needed um, John's help to physically break free they had both already kind of won in their stories in their minds um so that was great um what else i like that um <laughs> brainy sphere being balloons was hilarious it was kind of funny um but i like that on the actual phantom zone like kara has been infected by the phantoms and now she has lost all hope and she is like depressed. And so it was a nice role reversal for Kara and Zorel, with zor winding up being like the touchstone, you know, Alex and John were arguing about it, but it actually wound up being her dad. Um, and it was good in the sense that that's what Kara had been for him that whole journey. So now he gets to like return the favor for his daughter and give her her hope back. And then obviously them being saved at the end is great. And I I did like the shot of Nixley on the top just because I feel like, you know, it would have been not as satisfying leaving her there and having that be the end of the story for her. So because I don't think there's nothing else going on (laughs) back in National City once they like get out of the Phantom Zone, like all the Phantoms. I feel like that storyline is done. So I like that she's coming back
1: over. Um, so that'll be
2: fun to see where it goes with her uh
1: yeah I'm definitely glad that Slee made it out alive and will continue to wreak some havoc once we get back to Nashville City because we she would have been gone too soon also glad that Cara's dad is alive so that we did not have to deal with you can have more hours. sexy Jason Bear. <laughs> I can have more sexy Jason <laughs> Bear and Car to have to deal with depression hours but also just because like well, this is, this, that's not a joy. So, so yay! It's okay. Um, I agree that this was definitely a really good episode for Kelly. She got to stand her ground. She got to show her like m- emotional strength, mental strength, whatever you want to call it, uh, versus fear visions. Um, and I think that, again, Alex is like... The exploration of the uh, internal crises of Alex are very realistic to who Alex is. Mm. So I'm glad that we are staying true to that because <laughs> you should be yourself and... We very like- carefully show <laughs> <chosen> the words. <laughs> For who you are.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, that we did get to do different fear explorations with uh, Nia, with... Um, Alex with Kelly, etc. And I'm all glad that we had some characters that could not be affected for whatever reason, so that <laughs> we could get people out of there. I'm glad that finally, a like you guys said, they were going to get Kara, so we were like finally active movement, and then we get Kara at the end, even if it was like not actually that active on our part. It just happened that way, but yay! Um, so I'm I'm glad that that leg of our journey is done. <laughs> Also, like Lena's vision slash fear uh, was very significant for her and her backstory that like you guys said, hopefully we're going to get to see or hear more about her birth mother and about her own feelings processing her early trauma, which reminds me about a podcast situation where someone joked that maybe she had like let her mother drown or something. (gasps) Oh, nightmare. It was a nightmare. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, let's not bring that up again. Just ignore that I said that, but now I was just thinking about that when I saw that vision, and I was like, okay. Like, clearly oh, not. I remember that, yeah. Clearly not the case! But anyway. <laughs> Poor Lena. It's okay. It'll be okay, Lena. So anyway, um, so, so so it was a great showcase for Katie McGrath um, and hopefully uh, opening doors for Lena's story in the next few episodes. Um, so yeah. What did not spark joy?
0: <laughs> the rest of the episode. <laughs> um i was it was just really boring for the most part like this was the mid-season finale before you know the next batch of episodes which yeah which won't come to like the end of august and we spent seven episodes with Kara being stuck in the phantom zone which honestly was like a major disappointment because it's like okay so they found a way for melissa to still be in the series separate and she could shoot her scenes later but it's like They did nothing with it (laughs) except have her, you know, see the phantoms every once in a while. Like, and especially in this episode, since we got to see everyone's fears, we never actually saw any of Kara's fears. We only ever heard her talk about one moment that had happened. And they didn't even do a flashback for that either. So it was just really underwhelming. And she was barely in this episode either. So it's like the rescue didn't really feel like worthy and it wasn't it didn't feel earned even like the reunion scene itself didn't last very long at all it was just like okay we're here hug it's so good to see you back to earth and then nothing (laughs) so it was very underwhelming and it doesn't make me excited for the rest of the season except for that you know things might be back to normal because car is finally out of the phantom zone and we can get back to our regularly scheduled program (laughs) so it felt like other than like the prom stuff to be honest this first half of the season didn't really go anywhere plot wise there's nothing there was nothing else that was happening in national city other than save Kara. so it's like yes we need to save Kara, but also you could be doing other things (laughs) at the same time um so i don't know it just made it the culmination of everything that's been happening was just not good um yeah so like You know how in Groundhog Day type episodes or anything Groundhog Day related, it's like, how do we make this interesting? So we're not going to have you like repeat the same thing over and over except for like the beginning. We're going to change it up so fascinating things keep happening even though it's happening the same day. So this was happening like in the same 10 minutes. And though everyone was experiencing different fears and stuff, it just – it felt like you were just going through the same motions over and over again with everyone. Like we weren't really learning. We were seeing their fears play out. But we weren't really
2: advancing you know, advancing of the any of
0: this. Exactly. Any of the part of the story, any part of their characters. Like, okay, let's talk about their trauma. But, like, what about their trauma is affecting them now? How are they going to move past it? It's just like rehashing stuff we already knew, especially in the case of um, Nia, since we've already seen her struggle the last few episodes over the fact that she can't call her mom. She's afraid she's not interpreting her dreams correctly. So it was like repeating that here but it didn't again really go anywhere especially since we sort of resolved that last episode and she episode. failed, and she, she failed. She, yeah so, so it was just <laughs> I, I was watching it late and i was like i'm really like i just was not focusing on the episode because there was nothing to focus on it was just repetition over repetition and it was there was only so many good moments to keep the thing going and not worthy of a mid-season finale at all
2: yeah, that's what I felt like. I felt like the entire once I once I got the gist of, okay, we're doing ten minutes, you know, the ten minutes ago, I get it. This is not real. Once I understood that, the entire episode just felt like a giant waste of time because we kept going back ten minutes. I'm like, Okay, I already got I already got this gag, let's move on. And we just kept like repeating it. Um, so I, you get bored and you're waiting for it to end because Cara, there's only so many minutes left and Cara's still on there. I don't, we don't even see Kara. There's no cuts to Kara to see what she's doing. So I just have to like be stuck in a time loop <laughs> until you decide to move on. And it took them way too long to do that. Um, I, I don't know how to get around it. Um, and I'm sorry, Alex fans, if any of you listened to us, but she had just been getting on my nerves this season and I feel like having Alex's fear go first was a mistake because it was the most <laughs> re- I was still in realism mode and it was the most like realistic and it just made her so not enjoyable like good job you know you're so obsessed with getting your sister back that you endanger your entire team And then you have to sacrifice. And then like, I don't know if like the writers think that I'm supposed to be like, yeah, she loves Cara that much. And that's a good thing. Or I don't know. I don't know what they thought. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they thought I was supposed to feel, but it just makes me feel like I like Alex less. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that she failed as well because her vision ended with her having to die. And so she didn't get to do anything really. Um, the same way that Nia kind of failed and didn't get to save Brainy. Um, but I don't even know it like, because she has Kara back now, so I don't even know
0: where she goes from there. Like, did what did yeah. you learn, Alex? Was yeah, you learn Alex is like the Enrique Iglesias song. He's like, I can be a hero, baby. <laughs>
1: Wow. <laughs> I
2: feel like if I if we had gone if she was maybe like second or third up, then I'd be like she would be less annoying because I know it's a dream. But I think the fact that she went first and it was the most realistic, it just you know it's not a good reflection on her at all. Um, yeah. That yeah, I think that was the main thing. I just can't stand her anymore.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <out of time.
2: laughs> it's that time and, that, and then we didn't get to see Kara until like the first few minutes in the last few minutes of the episode
1: yeah and i would have rather have gone there i think there's like people that don't know what's going on like they didn't know that melissa was pregnant or having the baby and then had to take time off et cetera. Et cetera. and so they're just like what's happening here it's like i saw it like when i was live tweeting because i look at you know the, the tag to see what people are live tweeting and there are lots of people that are like how come Supergirl isn't like the main character of Supergirl anymore like what yeah. the hell is going on I feel like it's a little bit it's disconcerting um, even more so than it already was when we used to talk about how she isn't really the main character of Supergirl anymore but
0: <laughs> yeah because uh, we didn't learn anything about her either in her time in the Phantom Zone it's like yeah mm-hmm.
1: just she's hopeful and why were you know, we there <laughs> <laughs> right. We didn't learn anything. Yeah, which it really does feel like just it's just filler, you know? And the Alex thing too is so close to being something meaningful because like Alex being consumed by Kara and by having taken care of Kara her whole life, it is a very big part of her character arc and her story. And you'd think that this would be the perfect season. It would have been the perfect season to explore how she needs to, like, let Kara fend for herself to some degree, right? Or even if she really does think Kara is lost, she needs to learn how to live without Kara or live outside of Kara. And Kelly's right there to help her do it. But instead, it's like, Kelly's like, no, I totally support your obsession with your sister. That makes sense to me. And then, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the dream is like, hey, look at Alex sacrificing literally everything for Kara. Still failing, but isn't it noble and sisterly of her? Isn't that nice? And then, like you guys said, she's rewarded with Kara at the end. So there's not... doesn't feel like there's enough... I don't know how many episodes are left now. I'm very confused. Is like, eight more episodes. Uh,
0: no, 13.
1: Okay. So there's enough time. There should be enough time. If this is actually on purpose, and we are supposed to know that Alex needs to learn how to live on her own two feet, if you will, then there's probably enough time for her to extricate herself from this codependency that she has and just live her own individual life while still being a good sister. But right now it doesn't feel like they know that that's what they want to do. Like all the pieces are there and it feels like they're hammering at home. And yet, and yet it's not getting us anywhere. It's just more every episode. It's like, yes, these are the facts of the case. Alex (laughs) is this way? (laughs) So I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, other than that, it did just feel like, like you guys said, repetitious cycle, some kind of like Groundhog Day, but 10 minutes long. And it's just because it was like such an interesting premise from the start. Like, you're like, oh, OK, this is going to be cool. And then you're like, oh, no, it's just more <laughs> of the same. I see what you're doing. You're just trying to stall. Yeah. So it just it further. Felt like it was stalling. Right. It further reminds us that <laughs> this whole season has been stalling since the mm-hmm. first episode. <laughs> They've tried. They've tried. But it is very hard to keep those wheels spinning without Kara so I do think it would have probably just been easier if they had just believed you know if they if they even though we complained about the Batwoman side of it the Batwoman side of it made more the Batwoman method actually made more sense to be like okay I guess she's gone we must accept this now here's some episodes of the week as we progress on our own and then oh wait we can get her back (laughs) okay let's work on that for two episodes (laughs) Instead of, like, you know, eight episodes or however many it's been of, like, will we get her back? Yeah.
0: You know, I would have preferred if they just waited till like, Melissa came back in January to start the filming.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Just True. do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, oh, well. Oh, well. They tried. They did their best. Yeah. But now we've seen two different methods. And, obviously, I mean, I think we know which one we prefer.
2: And a third, even though, like. Legends isn't in the same place. Like, they didn't have to have Sarah be separated from the team, but that's another situation where You've got the main separated from the rest of the cast and they still have like a solid Storyline where they're actually doing stuff, <laughs>
1: right? Right So do we have feedback on that one?
0: Indeed we do we have Shang Suara and Sonya's feedback. So yeah. starting with yeah. Shang he says watching this app, gay judgment <laughs> 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 kelly giving me anxiety grounding tips for my dumbass. okay queen thank you <laughs> what i liked about this episode was the acting everyone gave their best mad uh their best mad props especially uh, uh az that fear scene gutted me it's true <laughs> the acting was on point point. and kudos to uh, david herewood who directed the episode too oh yeah
1: um,
0: and outside of lena's ceo persona she's just Baby really liked her bonding with Mia and talking about their mothers. I feel like Lena's birth mom is alive and we are going to see her soon. Mm -hmm. Predictions, predictions. Anyways, how much tech did John steal from the ruins of the DEO or did Lena just move her secret lab into the tower? (laughs) She saved Carl once again with the sun bomb thing facts. So Brainy's fear is the spree. Why was Zoral Kara's touchstone? No Lutterland offense. reference for all of y'all that don't
1: recognize. Uh,
0: no offense. He was pretty much relevant. It should have been Alex. Felt the end to this episode was pretty anticlimactic. Like we sat through seven episodes just for a Danvers sister's hug. <laughs> I do love my Danvers sisters, <laughs> but I felt they could have cut some other scene to fit in the Super Friends hug too. Everyone did their best to get Kara home, and stopping it at Danvers sister's hug just fell off. Felt off to me. El Mariah Shang. That's true.
2: That's why I feel like they they think that Alex being this way is like, yes. And it's like, Mm -hmm.
0: no. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we have Sonia's Supergirl feedback. Sonia says, "Uh, this episode was amazing. I always love episodes like this where they show everything that happened to characters at the same time throughout the entire episode. It was really nice to see each person's greatest fear and see how they contribute to their character as a whole. For Alex, her fear her fearing not being able to save Kara really mirrors the flashback episodes where she was super overprotective of her. For Lena, it was nice to see her talking about her mom with Nia and mirroring with Nia's experiences with her own mom. Also, that Kelpie was so scary. It was great that Lena finally realized that her mother's drowning was not her fault for kelly i love her fearscape the most because not only did we get awesome dancing moments but when she was able to take control of the fear and use that piece of the door as a shield and she looked like the guardian i was so happy fernia uh her being unsure about her powers really mirrored the flashback episodes with her thinking about her mom and did i watch it wrong or was near the only one who didn't get a happy ending in the fearscape alex it seemed didn't like either yeah true <laughs> um it seemed like everyone else got to solve something and have the fear but yeah you're right alex didn't either <laughs> alex was just like Bye, guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I suck and I'm going to die now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Laughing my ass off at Brainy's fear being balloons. Reminds me of the running joke in Buffy with Anya being scared of bunnies. Kara's <laughs> back and they saved her. Oh, my God. Yay. Fucking Nixley is still alive and hitching right on their spaceship because, of course, she is. You know, just leave Nixley alone. I, I stand hey, her being the villain of the life. season. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing that's moving forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Sonia. And then we have finally Suarez feedback. He says, "Uh, this was a great episode of Supergirl. I very much enjoyed the nightmare visions quest that everyone was on, especially you guessed it. My queen Lena's Katie McGrath continues to be one of the best actors on the CW. And I loved watching Lena face her childhood trauma. So vividly also loved everyone else's journeys. Kelly and Nia's, especially, uh, although I did think Alex's was written somewhat oddly. (laughs) (laughs) They got Kara back, Kara, Kara, Kara back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) (laughs) go get me coffee, Kara. (laughs) Did they get her back, her dad too? Yeah, I think he he did. He was on the ship, yeah. Yeah, he'll be back on Earth doing Earth things. Glad they didn't kill him though, so that's a plus. (laughs) Uh, Nixley escaping with them back to Earth wasn't that surprising, but still intriguing for how the season will end. Um, you know what's interesting? Thank you, everyone, for your um, feedback. It will be posted to the Tumblr. Uh, and I was going to say it's it's really interesting that not only did they not um, kill Kara's dad, but they actually didn't even mention the explosion. Like, how the hell did he survive?
2: How did Nick survive?
0: True. I don't know. Ah, plot holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, is that all our feedback?
1: That's all That's our, feedback. That our feedback. Do you have <laughs> any predictions?
2: Oh, no. just I think I said mine.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. But, Do we have any ladies' with gumption of the week? Is is Kelly one? Yes, Kelly's Kelly is
2: definitely one for Supergirl.
0: Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I
0: think Sophie for Batwoman.
1: Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, like definitely. Um, um, Legends. I guess Spooner for Legends. Spooner. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Flash. Iris is right. Iris yeah. is right for daring yeah, to go after the gods. <laughs> yep, um, and then Black Lightning. Was there even?
0: I've never.
1: This week. There's never one. JJ for Black probably Lightning.
2: comes closest. Yeah. 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 She won't win, so the, but you know, she can get, <laughs> okay. she can get you the get nod the for the her points. category. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's an honorary nominated. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um battle of the ladies of gumption i think it's for me
2: it's between spooner and kelly
1: okay okay um i would say i feel that i want to give it to kelly just because i feel like it was a very big episode for her in comparison to the episode i know she's going to get another one but because she almost rarely gets them i'm like kelly broke through Mm -hmm.
0: And I really yeah. like that these are yeah. as well. So. I would agree with that. I think it takes a lot of gumption to break out of, you know, whatever the Dementors had going for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also like something she went into this with PTSD because she didn't have a good experience with them before. True. So for her to be able to stand up to it, break through it, and be the like the force that helps all the other super fans like try and figure out how to deal with it. Um
1: Strong episode for her. So I guess we're going to go with Kelly.
0: Yay, Yay Kelly! Kelly.
1: <laughs> well, thank you all. Um, remember that you can send us your uh, suggestions for Patreon episodes or your feedback for next week's slash this week's episodes of DCTV. Um, we're, we're doing, you're not going to hear this before we have done <laughs> Shadow and Bone. So they sent the email, right? Oh, okay. To the patrons. Yeah. Did you send patron emails, May? No. Okay.
0: I did not. I forgot. Right. But I will now. So, oh, God. Yeah, ima-
1: <laughs> we might imagine it. We might get some imaginary feedback tomorrow, or we might not. <laughs> but you can always send any feedback to ladieswgumption at gmail.com. dot dot com, or dctvgumption on Twitter. Um, that's all. Thank you, and good night, or good morning, or good afternoon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.